the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, got a Monday. We get under another week. This will be a short week. I'll have four days in with you today or this week. I mean, we got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Friday, I'm off. It's good Friday. That just makes sense that we take that time off and uh, enjoy it for what it is. This is the week of the passion, Palm. You know, we have Palm Sunday, and now we're moving our way to uh of course, uh, Easter Sunday, Good Friday. Uh, this is, as I've heard it uh, made, the Super Bowl of holidays for Christianity because this is uh, the death, burial, and then, most importantly, resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ. So you keep that in mind uh, about what's uh, going on as far as that's concerned. Let's see, what do I want to start off today with? Because there's a lot. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff dealing here in Arkansas. Uh, You can listen all about what's going on nationally with Gallagher and Prager and all the rest of them. But you join me, and uh, I'll tell you what's happening in your backyard. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Great story in the Demgaz uh, dealing with... If you'll remember, State Senator Mark Johnson was on this show a couple months before the session began, had like six different pieces of legislation dealing with ethics. Well, three of them got out of committees and passed. Uh, I think the ones that didn't are the ones that punished the people who committed felonies uh, while they were carrying out their duties as an elected official. Couldn't. The one that they were supposed to lose their retirement pay did not pass, did not get out of uh, committee. Uh, questions asked about it. Mark Johnson said he tried to please everybody, and you can't do that. And he's exactly right. So you got to go for uh, what's going on. And, and here's what I suggest to anybody who is running a bill in the state, uh, that's a good conservative piece of legislation, and you can't get it out of committee. Come on my show and talk about it several times. Talk about it. Uh, get on with me. Get on my Facebook page for uh, our Facebook Live uh, broadcasts and let people know what's going on and that uh, people are are not voting the way they should vote. So, you know, there's a lot of Republicans not voting the way they should be voting. They're voting for the people who are giving them money instead of for their constituents. So we'll uh, just letting you know, we're going to become more and more and more active about Republicans not supporting the Republican platform. Uh, Robert Steinbach will be with us here uh, next hour, uh, the three o'clock, four o'clock hours. And we will talk about this because it's something that needs to be dealt with. If you're running as a Republican and you refuse to support the, uh, the, the platform, then get out. 
why are you Republican other than you think because you put an R by your name, you can uh, continue uh, to serve, make money off of your constituents, and uh, have yourself a nice little bed to lie in. Well, we're going to do everything we can to make uh, that uh, that comfortable bed uh, to be as comfortable as laying on a rock out in the middle of a field. Okay, let, let's talk about a couple of national stories that you're not hearing a lot about. The Washington Post uh, uh, writing a story about this. It's huge. It's huge. You're hearing all about uh, the the sexy story is what's going on with the Democrats, all these people that are running and who's going to who's going to win and who's going to lose. Isn't it funny that their top three, their top three candidates right now are old white men. This, the, uh, the party of diversity, this, the party, uh, for, uh, uh, women and, and, and whatnot. And now they're feeling bad, uh, because it's three old white men. I mean, the two, the two oldest, the Sanders and Biden, you know, Biden would, would run and let's say, just say he, he, he wins the nomination and he would win the white house. Do you realize he would be going into the white house older than, uh, Ronald Reagan was when he retired. Think about that for a moment. Biden would be older than Reagan was when he retired, if he would win the White House. Incredible. So many of the 2020 Democratic presidential candidates have hauled in record sums of money in the first fundraising quarter of the 2020 election cycle. But who was the biggest? Who was the biggest? Zach, take a guess. Who do you think candidate for president in 2020 rose uh raised the most money i would think it's um as of this moment yes probably that if not ocasio probably that uh, that mayor in um indiana well ocasio can't run she's not old enough okay gotcha. all right okay the mayor of uh south bend yeah no president donald trump he took in a whopping 30 million dollars according to the washington post the sum outpaces any of the Democratic contenders, according to the Washington Post, and dwarfs the candidate with the next highest fundraising total. You know who that is? Want to take a guess again? No. Bernie Sanders. He pulled in about $18 million. Just a little over half of what President Trump pulled in. Today's the last day that the uh, FEC reports, which should have been filed at the beginning of April, that you can be turned in for candidates who declared their intent to run for president in the first quarter of 2019. Among the Democrats, Sanders easily leads the way, with Senator Warren following far behind at $11 million. According to CNN live feed of the FEC reveals, Senator Harris, expected to be the strongest fundraiser after Sanders, has not yet reported her earnings. Democrats competing for the presidency must be at least 1% in the polls 
or have grabbed cash from at least 65,000 separate donors to demonstrate a base of a support. If a candidate falls below either of those thresholds, they're not allowed to take the stage in the first primary debate scheduled for late May or early June. We're, we're four or five, six weeks out from the first Democratic debate. You ready? We'll be carrying those here, I'm sure, on the uh, the station so people can hear the inanity. I, I can't wait as they try to all try to run the furthest left. I just can't wait to listen to it. The real shock isn't how much Democrats have raked in, but rather how much Republicans have raked in. President Trump's re-election campaign raised more than $30 million in the first three months of the year, far outpacing each of the top Democratic contenders who seek to oust him from office. You take the ones that are at the very first and you add them all together, it, they're just a few million dollars ahead of the president, all of them together. The Washington Post reports that... Uh, He's been far outpacing these Democrats. But even uh, his amount, uh, even that compares in comparison what the uh, Republican National Committee has collected in the same time frame. This is when you see how excited is a party about the person who's going to be running, you know, and carrying the uh, the flag for the, the party. The AP reports that the Republican National uh, Committee brought in, in the first quarter, $45.8 million, almost a half, half a billion dollars. Ooh, ow, ow. Uh, Bringing the joint pro-Trump efforts cash on hand, $82 million cash on hand. That's nearly double the combined total for all Democratic candidates. And neither Trump nor the RNC has begun fundraising in earnest for 2020 yet. Trump has held a few rallies, but they're largely been to push supporters to back specific programs or to demonstrate his popularity, not to rake in funds for his fledgling re-election campaign. Trump is also doing very well among small-dollar supporters. You know, that's what the Republicans have always said. Those Republicans, they got all the big companies behind them. That's where they get their money, the big big moguls, you know, the guys with the monocle that they wear, the big fat cigar, you know, they're smoking and all of that. Uh, Nearing, he's nearing the size of Bernie Sanders, Small donators. Uh, He's considered to be one of the best small donor fundraisers in presidential history. A shocking 98.7% of first quarter contributions to the campaign and the joint committees came from low dollar contributions defined as $200 or less. That according to the WAPO and Associated Press and the RNC. And the joint fundraising committees have already enlisted 100,000 new donors in 2019 and have acquired more than 1 million new small donors since Inauguration Day. 1 million new donors. 
the average donation to both coffers was around $35, according to the FEC. That all bodes well for the president, as does the news that his first quarter fundraising outpaced both Hillary Clinton's in 2016 and Barack Obama's uh, 2012 re-election campaign, which at this point in his presidency had only about $2 million in its war chest. So for everybody who thinks the Republicans aren't all in going up into 2020, you have been sadly mistaken. It's what I've been saying. Have I not been telling you, uh, Zach, pull your mic over real quick. Talk to me for just a second. Have I not been telling you that this president is going to get reelected? Yes, you have. All right. Here's why. And the news wants to look at all that other stuff that's out there and playing, you know, pro-life, all the rest of it. You can go all the way back to the 90s. Clinton campaign had it right. It's the economy, stupid. If the economy stays like it is and just keeps on, you know, uh, making people more money, they're getting paid more, uh, we're producing more, the economy is roaring right now. If that keeps up, I don't care how much free stuff uh, the Democrats want to say they're going to give away. They still won't win. This this will end up, whoever runs for the Democratic Party, this could end up very close to a Reagan-Mondale race, which was Mondale only carried one state, Minnesota, where he was from. Just telling you. It's unbelievable. Get ready. It's going to happen again. The president's going to be there. And then we'll see how many people really are hanging in there, uh, you know, uh, never Trumpers and all the rest of them. He gets reelected overwhelmingly, landslide. I If things stay copacetic, basically what they are right now, I will, I will say to you that not only will we win the White House and hold on to it, but we'll win the House back and we'll expand even more in the Senate. My, that's my, my gut feeling. My gut feeling hasn't been wrong, has it, uh, Zach? They've been pretty doggone good. really has. And a big thing that's going to change in this state, a lot of people who are in office right now who are signing on to Republicans as Republicans but have been uh, very moderate to rhino-ish in their votes will be gone after the primary. Uh, the day to to uh, go in and pay your money and get into the race is in November. It's early because the uh, primary is early. It's in March of next year. Whew. Tell you, going to really going to pick up. I'm telling you that. 222 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You stick with us. We got a lot to talk about. We'll be back with more in just a moment. That was Jeff Conaway there at the end of that spot. And the woman that he was saying everybody was obsessed with, the guys, so Lily's Newton, John. That last scene at the end, you know, we go together, you know, I don't know, Ramadan, uh, ding dong or whatever that they say. That outfit that Lily Newton, John wore, she was sewn into it. It was so tight. 
it had to be sewn. No buttons, no zippers. She was sewn into it. Unbelievable. Hey, I got to tell you, remember when we had uh, the guys from the the robot competition? Yeah, you remember them, right, Zach? Well, they didn't win, but uh, the Mall Mel team won. Uh, the group uh, City Robots from Mall Mel, Arkansas, have earned their spot at the first robotics championship in uh, Houston. It's going on starting today's the uh, 15th or 16th? 15th. 15th. Okay, so it starts Wednesday and goes to Friday. And they've launched a GoFundMe in an effort to raise $10,000 to help cover their travel and competition expenses. Uh, Just go go to GoFundMe uh, slash FRC World Competition for Rock City Robots. Hashtag seven, seven, six, seven or number, but I'm going to say hashtag. Everybody's used to hashtag. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I'm looking here and seeing how far they've come along. Uh, this was put up a little bit ago and they're at, uh, right now, $1,255. They've raised that over a month and they got a, they got to get it going here. Yeah, ten thousand dollars. They got eighty. They got eighty-eight hundred dollars. They got a raise. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe if I talk about it, we'll do better. They'll do better. So, you know, why don't you come, just put in ten bucks? If everybody would go to GoFundMe page mm-hmm. and uh, go to uh, the uh, the site FRC Robotics Championships there in Houston. Uh, and look for uh, hashtag seven seven six seven. That's the number of their their group. Donate your money, and uh, maybe they get to you know they'll be able to go without yeah. going into debt. Mm-hmm. All right. So they did good. So competing at the first world championship requires funding b- above and beyond their normal annual budget. Their robot made it through the tough competition at the twenty nineteen Rock City Regional. But there's still work to be done, and uh, I'll tell you more about it when we come back. But uh, we're coming up on news. I'm going to give away four tickets to go see the Travelers. I've got that for you in the next half hour. And uh, we'll get to some other stories in the next hour. Robert Steinbach dealing with Mayflower Flower Police and what they're doing about uh, FOIA and all kinds of stuff. That's all coming your way. All right, back with you, and uh, here in, before we take our uh, first break this half hour, we'll give away a uh, four-ticket package for you and three of your favorite friends or family or whatever to go see the Travelers play. Well, they had Thursday and Friday good days for baseball. Saturday, mm-hmm. not so good. Mm, not for anyone. It was uh, well. If people had had web feet, <laughs> looked like ducks, they would have enjoyed playing that right. day. Right, and it rained. How many inches of rain do you think you got at your house Sunday? Uh, probably an inch. Just an inch. Yeah, I think an inch. Dude, we. I bet you we got three and a half, four inches. 
You know that Steve Marston over at the Fish, his house got flooded out because of all the rain there in Cabot. He did. Well, he told me actually it wasn't because of the rain. He found it was actually for something else. Oh, really? Mm, he really, yeah. He thought it was because of the rain, but it wasn't because of that. But yeah, I think was I'll it pro- a toilet? <laughs> no, he had to deal with a waterbed. That's what it was oh, dealing with. Oh no, mm-hmm. a waterbed. Well, that that t- that should teach him to not try to live the 60s again <laughs> i mean he wasn't a mad gleam in his daddy's eye why has he got a waterbed i'm I, I bet i bet you he's got a waveless but i'm hoping that he's got a heater you, if you don't have a heater let me tell you what sleeping on a waterbed's like sleeping on a a big old piece of ice mm. it gets cold big time cold. goodness i had no um, idea yeah keep keep that in mind i know all about waterbeds had one <laughs> Had one back in the early seventies, and then I let it go. Just letting everybody know doesn't matter. Okay, what does matter? I wonder how many people who are listening right now mm-hmm. had their television yes tuned to HBO last night at eight o'clock. I mean, they had a countdown, man. Yeah, they well, had a big well, countdown. Well, see, I wouldn't know about that because you know I watch. HBO through Amazon. Right. And Amazon releases the episode about two or three minutes before everyone else gets it. So you knew that's why you would say, Wasn't that cool? And I'm going Exactly. The, I'm not there's nothing cool going on. And if around. you want to account for also, you know, real time as far as commercials go, previews before the show actually begins, right. it's up to about five or six minutes. You know, I'm watching it before everyone else does. Wow. Yeah. That was that's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just say this much. That was an awesome way to keep uh, kick off the the last season. It was really, really good. The writing was right on. I mean, yes, it was. That script writing was awesome. Well, see, I love how. Do you want to give spoilers? Oh no, I, I, you don't. Don't give a spoiler. Uh, Just, I mean, the the big, big, big spoiler from. Uh, What's his name? Saul. What's his name? The 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 kid that's from the the library and all that. Oh yeah, Samuel Tarley. Yeah, mm-hmm. Samuel. Samuel. And so he finds, you know, he finds out something about John the Snow. Queen. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then he finds out something or knew something mm-hmm. uh, about John mm-hmm. and Bran. Bran. He come. He comes out after hearing about the stuff that the Queen did. And Sam Will comes walking across uh, the courtyard. There's right. Bran, and Bran says, it's time it's now. Mm-hmm. you got to do it. Mm-hmm. You're the only one that he trusts. Right. And he says, no, no. He says, yes. And so he does it. And I'm just saying, when you hear this mm-hmm. in the show, there it was kind of alluded to in the last couple of episodes of season seven. Okay. It's kind of alluded to. Not mm-hmm. real closely, but... Then he, you know, Samuel drops his bombshell. Yes, he did. And let me just say the complexity of the show went through the ceiling at that point. We see, I love last night's episode because it's almost like, you know, everyone was being truthful for one to one another. Oh, yeah. Like hard truths, it was, I mean, was said basically, not only to Jon Snow. But also to Samuel Tarley about, yeah. you know, his family. What happened to him. Exactly. What happened to his family. And, um, you know, like I say, you know, Sansa, she's come a long way. 
You know, yeah. I mean, I love how she's she, she she's she's hardened herself. Yes, she has. Life has done that because you oh, know. Well, yeah, she's. <laughs> you talked about having a tough time. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was good when she had the conversation with Daenerys. And no, 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 the little man. Oh, with uh, Tyrion. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That was a great conversation. Yeah, it was a good conversation, especially her final words to him before she walked away. Yeah, say you used to be this, mm-hmm. but you're not anymore, and really. Sansa is pretty much that way now because yeah. not only of her life experiences, because she was around Littlefinger. You know, she was around him for such a long time. Now Littlefinger is chasing flying saucers. <laughs> Have you watched that show? It's good. He's good in it. He's What's the name good. of the show? It's called um, Project Blue Book. Okay. Yeah, he he was good in it. So that's why he got. It's been it's been, it's been yeah, two you years. Say he's dead. He's yeah. been killed off. His everyone. character is dead. And, yeah, and, and and good riddance to his character. But you know, people complain about that because he was so intelligent and he was so clever and he knew basically everything behind and under the scenes. He knew, knew everything. Yeah. And for that to happen to him, and you just told me about him being on the new show. Yeah. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. Yeah. And and here's the other thing. He gets he got all of his information through pillow talk. <laughs> Just saying. Yes, he did. He uh, ran all those brothels. Yes, he did. And all the politicians went to the brothels mm-hmm. and they would tell the, you know, the the prostitutes everything and then they were expected to tell Littlefinger everything. And the thing is, you know, he kept on telling people over the seasons, "Do not trust me." He's basically telling you, don't trust me. Don't, don't trust, trust anybody. And it's exactly. But don't trust whatever I say or whatever I do. Yeah. And people still did. And they got. Because he was a nice guy. Yeah. Supposedly. Shatsa. Shatsa. <laughs> yeah. He was good. You know, he was going to, he was going to ride her to be the king, uh, the king of the kingdom. He sure was. I mean, not just of the, of the side, not, mm-hmm. not taking over the land, uh, Lannister's land, yeah. but he was looking all seven kingdoms. Seven kingdoms. You're right. And plus, you know, as Sansa has grown older, she looks more and more like her mother. Yeah. She really does with the red hair and everything. And But it's great to see her development. Arya's, you know, just basically see everyone's development. Even Jamie. I he mean, was, he showed up at the end. He sure did. And I, as I kept saying, I kept looking at, at, uh, at Linda and going, where's Jamie? Exactly. Everybody was asking that you question. Know, where's Jamie? Because we had seen Cersei, and Cersei is right. the same Cersei we've seen from episode one. But I can't believe that happened earlier in the episode, but let's not ever get off on that tangent. But they had to. They had to. They had to <sighs> set all of that up to show that she will do anything yeah. to control the Seven Kingdoms. Even to the point of sacrificing all the kingdoms to the White Walkers. Right. And then coming up and cleaning up the mess after mm-hmm. it's all done. That's true. But also, you could also say about that she misses Jamie because at the end of season seven, he just basically ran off. He was like, you know what? I can't believe what you're doing. I can't believe what you're saying. Well, he saw her conniving, and yeah. now's not the time to connive. Now's the time to unite, unite. for the species. Exactly. You know, that that was what it was all about. I mean, that's what they were talking about. That's what, you know, they, that uh, uh, John was telling them. Yeah. I could I could have be the king of the north or I could save the north. Mm-hmm. It's no longer I time. I chose to save us. It's no, long, it's no longer time to play a children's game, basically. You're talking about early in the season? I mean, look at next week, what yeah. they showed us. It looks to me like the White Walkers are going to be there 
At Winterfell. I think in about two or three days because, you know, the men at the wall, they're going to make their way on horses basically before they make it. They just got, yeah, they're just going to get by them. Mm -hmm. They're they're behind enemy lines right now. Yes, they are. It was pretty cool when they were going through the castle. Did that walk around is that because you thought you know some of the white walkers were in there did that one part scare you which part where they came around the corner with the sacri- well not only that but oh, after with the that, sacrifice it didn't it didn't it did scare me when the kids screamed oh my goodness but when when all of the uh the whole setup yeah was just so freaking creepy yes i mean they got all of those arms around that kid <sighs> oh, God. Just thinking about it. And Goodness. then he kills him and he ignites it in the fire, you know, and all of it was burning. Oh. It was really, that was a really trippy place. Yes, it was. So now, uh, the, the, I mean, the, Nick, the White Queen has two dragons. Yep. And uh, the night, or the White Walkers have one of mm-hmm. her dragons that got killed. Mm hmm. And then turn to the other side. Yep, the ice dragon now. But, I think I think that was Viserion. Or maybe it was I, I forget the names of all the three dragons. It was but. it was so cool when they were showing the, the clip from next week and the ice dragon is like, you know, freezing everything with yes. his breath. Not not lighting it on fire, freezing everything. Well that's the way he broke down well, the sure. wall. Yeah. Oh yeah. He broke mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah, if you don't know what happened last night let's just give just give you a real overview the folks uh the white walkers who are dead okay mm-hmm. um and they've been resurrected by his, the night king what's his name uh gray Greyhorn or uh, oh gray joy gray joy yeah Theon. he uh he's with his sister again yep and she says you want to go back to winterfell mm-hmm and uh, he doesn't say anything. He just gives it a very in, in, almost inconceivable uh, nod of his head. Yeah. And she says, go back. Mm-hmm. Go fight. And she says, go back and kill the dead again. Yeah. I thought that was great mm-hmm. a great line. Go back and kill the dead again. Because that was, you know, Winterfell was his home, too. Well, he yeah, was, he was raised. He you was know, raised he was there. being held as captive mm-hmm. and because of some things that uh, uh, his the king had done. Right. You know, he had him under protective custody, mm-hmm. so speak, and was uh, he grew up with all the kids and yep. stuff. So he wants to go back and fight with them now. Yeah, Stark was a great man. He truly was. But yeah. you know, that also did him in at the end. Yeah, he stuck to his principles, and yeah. as they like to say. Ended up losing his head over mm-hmm. it, you know. And, and you know, yeah, Sansa went through so much at that time. I liked when she looked at Tyrion, and they said, uh, "Last time I talked to you, yeah, uh, was at the at Joffrey's wedding." Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, "It was a terrible time, something like that." And she looked at him and says, "Well, almost all of it, <laughs> because Joffrey was poisoned. Oh my and died at his own wedding. That so. is still the most satisfactory <laughs> death death scene, <laughs> and probably in TV history. Yeah. You know, people just I mean, that actor was so great at his role. Is he doing anything else? I don't know. I have to look it up and see if he's you doing. Check anything. that out. And tell us when we come back. Okay. We got to take a break. That means that it's time for me to give away some tickets. Okay. I got four tickets uh, to get you into a uh, 
Travelers baseball game. If you and your family or you and some friends would like to go, be the first caller at 823-0965, 823-0965. Remember, if you've already won, you can't win again. You can. You only get four of these, all right? We'll get you in. Go have yourself a, a bologna sandwich and, you know, put a little mayo on it and stuff like that. But call call in and get yourself some tickets here on the Dave Ellswick Show, courtesy of the Dave Ellswick Show and the Arkansas Travelers. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, congratulations, Mark Gibson of uh, North Little Rock. He picks up uh, four tickets uh, for the Travs, and I hope that he enjoys himself. I don't have their schedule right in front of me, so I, are they still at home right now, or are they on the road right now? I'm not sure. Okay, I have to look. I got it on my desk. I'll go take a look here in just a, a few moments, but... You know, there's going to be some nice weather this week. There's going to be some nasty weather this week. I think Wednesday we're supposed to get some uh, thunderstorms late in and into Thursday and uh, kind of a, a repeat of, I think, kind of what Saturday was. I could kind of do without that. We end up having to pump out parts of our yard. It gets the water just kind of heads up. Now, I've told my wife, I hope that she takes my warning. You know, she wants to open the pool up by the first week of May. That's a couple weeks away. Yeah. Well, here's the key. When you're going to have somebody come out and open the pool for you, as they come out, fill it the rest of the way, Mm -hmm. get the uh, chemicals in, stabilize it real good, fold up the stuff that you're taking off of it, the, the top and all of that. But... Everybody wants to do it at about the same time. So if you call early, right, you can get it done. If you call like today, mm-hmm. probably get it done pretty easy. The beginning of a couple of weeks from now, the last week, you know. And uh, I told you, you better call. You know, get on the list. Or you're going to be way down the bottom, and you're going to be all upset because we'll be into the second or third week of May. Yeah, and your pool's not going to be open, mm-hmm. and it's her pool. Look, I. I paid for the pool for and for the house because it's for my, it was for my wife and my grandkids. I'm not a big water person, never have been a big water person. I'll sit on the deck, kick back. I don't smoke cigars or anything, so I'll kick back, have a big glass of iced tea and sweetened iced tea and yeah. bake in the sun or whatever, but I, I'm not big on getting in the pool. I may once in a while just to cool off and mm-hmm. it's, 102 degrees out or whatever and you're sweating crazily and whatever i get out and and cool down but that's the way it goes so anyway so you like the uh, you were going to look and see uh hbo the guy that played joffrey yeah his name is jack leeson and currently what he's been doing since game of thrones is basically he's just been um i guess being uh participating in the theater Oh, he's you know, been doing live. Yeah, live theater. Live stage. And so a couple of them that he's been doing, um, in 2017, he did The Water Orchard. Okay. He played the role of a drama turg or whatever that is. I don't know. And um, another from last year, Science Fiction Radio Hour. He was a performer in that drama okay. or whatever it is. I'm not sure. Now, he was a good actor, man. He did a really good job of making everybody hate him. Mm-hmm. Now, the guy who's going to be that this year, it's the guy who got the Iron Fleet. Oh, yeah, Euron. <laughs> it, but see, Euron is kind of, you know, I, I, it's really Cersei, to tell you the truth. But Euron, you know, he's kind of, he, he's the type of guy who can switch sides. 
It's like, you know, if Cersei is losing, he's going to switch sides because he just want to live. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's the type of guy to do that. He's not totally. I don't know. You know, people like him. I'm To tell you the truth, I'm a fan of him a little bit. I mean, he can be a little bit, you know, cuckoo or whatever, you know, but he's not bad. Well, here's my key. I like his sister. She's a tough character. Oh, you talking about Theon's sister Yara? Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's his sister. No, too. that's his, that's his niece. Oh, his niece. Yeah, those two are his, oh, his he's nephew, his uncle. Yes. Okay, I thought he was a br- old brother. He's like twenty, fifteen to twenty years younger than their father. No, because okay. you know he was so old. Basically, okay, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. But I, I got to tell you, I personally, uh, what's the young guy's name that lives at uh, Winterfell? What was his first name? They lived at Winterfell. Yeah, he was on, you know, he was being held by Ned. Stark. Oh, yeah, Theon. Theon, great Theon, yeah. Mm-hmm. Theon, I think, has earned his right to be at the front of the caravan. Really? Well, when he was, when he was captured by mm-hmm. that other family. Yes. The things they did to him. Oh, you talking about he was with the Ramsay Bolton, with the Boltons. Yeah, the Boltons. I oh, mean, my I, goodness. This, that boy was put, I'm surprised he can even talk anymore. You talking about somebody close to being Joffrey level of villain, villainy. Ramsay Bolton was that way. Oh, yeah. Before he was killed off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I was God. glad to see that it was, was John, John that killed him. It, wasn't, right? it was in the Battle of the Bastards. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was a great, great, great. That made me feel good. <laughs> Again, like I so said, you have Joffrey number one, but Ramsay, he's not that far behind because, man, people just hated him for what he did. The only thing that I I really did not like uh, in what they did with Game of Thrones is mm-hmm. the sister, Theon's sister. Yeah, Yara. Yeah. She was a real looker in the book. Okay. All right. And they they put in that girl to play that part. Yes. And she's kind of homely. Yeah. She's real plain. Yeah. You know? Well, she's a lesbian, you know, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they had, and maybe that's the reason they did it. Probably so. They didn't want another lipstick lesbian or whatever. But, that, you know, it was interesting. So she's totally different from her book description. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I'll find it. I'll read it. I'll bring it in one day and read it. Mm-hmm. Everybody can hear that I should do books on and CDs or something. I should be one of those guys reading to people. Narrating. Right? So I can, as long as I don't have to come up with the words, I can sit and read the words. Right. I, mean, I can do that. All right. And then I ran a, a new show last night. It, got, it caught my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to catch up with this Killing Eve on the BBC. Okay. But this other one just started last night. I think I know what you're talking about. It's called A Discovery of Witches. Okay, never mind. That's not the one. And that that one is the witches, the vampires, and the demons, mm-hmm. so to speak, are going the way of the dodo bird. <laughs> and uh, there's a, a number one vampire in, in some of the uh, echelon, high echelon of the witches that are trying to save their particular race. Yeah. Last night was pretty good. Okay. Both episodes were pretty doggone good. So I was uh, I was pleased with what I saw there. Uh it's based on a trilogy of books. I'm I got to I'll find out what they are, but I I got to go and check those out and see mm-hmm. if I can't download those to my Kindle. Yeah. 
get them on there. All right, I got to be quiet. Uh, Robert Steinbach coming up here from uh, UALR. His opinions are his and his alone and not that of the school or the school of law, Bowen School of Law at UALR. He's on next on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's get back to the Dave Ellswick Show. We move into the 3 o'clock hour, and uh, I move away now from Game of Thrones. I already had one person tell me that they watch it a year behind, and so I gave them a spoiler in that last segment because we said in season seven, well, he, he's just getting ready to watch season seven now. They've had two seasons, I mean, two years. I know. Your, your show certainly had spoilers, and if you didn't watch that episode, you had a bunch of spoilers too. Yeah, but not that many. I mean, not real big. I mean, I didn't, I talked a little bit about John, and there's a huge thing that happens about John. We're not going to say what it is, but I'm just saying it's huge. It changed. You get to the end of that episode last night and this thing dropped on john and then it's like this just changed the whole feeling of this episode should, should we not tell everybody that all the characters died at the end of the episode <laughs> what what, oh, what? Have, what? Okay. everybody died the first sec- yeah the yeah, first episode yeah. everybody died it's all new first characters. episode of, yeah now they're going they're, and they they time traveled back yeah time, <laughs> for some reason their characters from star trek showed up it was really this odd thing it was out of it I will say this: one of the best, was very good. opening sequences for a new season. It was very. It was good. only an hour long. I thought most of them were going to be an hour and a half. Was it really an hour? I thought it was probably like forty-eight to fifty minutes long. No, it, it was, was an, an hour. hour. It was an hour. It was one hour long. It felt so short. Yeah, I know oh, it's a good it, show. because so good, so many good things were happening in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm want, I want to see uh, Gilly and his son. Sam Rockwell. Sa- uh, yeah, Sam, Sam Samuel Tarley. Yeah, I want to mm-hmm. see his his uh, his family. Yeah. But anyway, that'll come up later. But I just think it's interesting how he never talks. It's just he's just looking, and Bran just sitting there. Yeah, he knows everything. He sure does. Past, present, and future. He would talk to us because he could just he could save me a lot of time having to sit in front of the TV. He said something to John. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway, all right, let's move away from that, and let's move into some things that are going on. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this today, but tomorrow, State Senator Mark Johnson is going to be on the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it only makes sense to do that because I had him on two or three months before session, and he was talking about all these different bills that he wanted to run because of all the ethics mm-hmm. issues that had helped, you know, with Woods and and uh, for, uh, you know, Jeremy mm-hmm. uh, Hutchinson yeah, and, and all Jeremy the rest. That, yeah. And I still think there may be more shoes to fall uh-huh, uh-huh. as fall as far as all that goes. But the senators proved themselves not to have the is cojones the word you're looking for? Yeah, cojones, for? yeah. You know, I'm originally from I, New York. I, cojones is the word that I we typi- use up there. I typically use a very shortened version yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Well, they mm-hmm. don't have those either. You know, I heard you. I heard your interview with the JR, what was it, Thursday? I yeah. Know, JR, by the way, he's an outstanding spokesman. And I don't mean that like he's a good speaker, which he is. Yeah. But he, he answers questions. 
He's not, you know, a lot of these spokesmen, you, you walk away and you're like, wait, wait, what just happened? No, he answers questions. And he, by the way, as you obviously saw or heard, highlighted the Dave Ellswick free speech bill amongst yeah. other good bills, because it is. Uh, and he was happy, pleased, as is the governor with their success in the legislature, as they should be. See, the governor's job is to to run the state, right, is to yeah. be a CEO. Right. And so he comes forward to the legislature. Listen, I need some laws to help me be the CEO. Restructuring, taxation. So they were very successful. They did good. They, they did pa- very well. He got everything he wanted. They did very well. And and to be clear, good things. Yeah. Good things. For the most part. Uh, agreed. I and I'm not I, I'm not giving it a grade of A through F, right? No. I'm just saying overall thumbs up. Well, I'm, you got to when you say that in the final uh quarter you were number five in the United States in growth. Mm-hmm. You got to be happy mm-hmm. with that. Exactly. So they did a great job in the legislature for what they do, being meaning meaning they're the executive branch, and and they should be proud. I'm proud of them. Like and like you say, for the most part, I agree with what they did. There are differences, absolutely. There are differences. Yeah. Well, what? like Reagan said, what? if you can if you can get along with seventy five percent, right. That's a success. That you're you're a winner. That's at right. That. And as far as I'm concerned, they did that. That's right. So you know, give them a grade, give them an A, an A minus, a B plus. You know, it's a, it's a high grade. The legislature and throughout this term, you might recall, Dave. I was always saying, "Hey, it's a conservative legislature, seventy five percent Republican." Yep. Uh, 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 C somewhere in the C range. Yeah, uh, I put them at about a C minus. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's in the C range because they yeah. they did some good stuff. I'm not going to say right. Pro-life stuff was good. They were great on they, life. And they did good on, um, you know, speech. They did okay on speech. Oh, yeah. They did your it's, bill on speech. Yeah. We had two or three other bills on speech. And, you know, I got I got pushed back when we were before the state agencies committee. Well, I, and I, I talked about this, I, I think, with you on the air a few weeks ago. We're before state agencies. And Trent Gardner is opposed to the notion that government workers on their free time shouldn't be able to write whatever they want to write on their Facebook. Yeah, I agree And with then that. we had the university council show up, and they objected to the bill because they said, well, you know, there's a standard in there that says that the government uh, has to be reasonable in their restriction of speech. They're objecting to reasonable. Yeah. So what do they want? They want unreasonable restrictions on speech. They, they want unrestricted there, They want unfettered restrictions yeah. on speech. That's even a better yeah. word. They want... Unfettered. Uh, th- tell me. You, I told you this. My father, during World War II, grew up in the Soviet Union. And, I, and we were talking many, many years later, of course, um, about his life therein. And he said it was, it was all mind control. You had to... Well, to, I talk about yeah. your father. Yeah, yeah. He know, he would have known what we were talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. And then these these bureaucrats want to tell you what you're allowed to think, what you're allowed to say on your free time. Real politic. <laughs> on your free time. Yeah. So I know so, what you're uh, saying. So I, I give them a C on speech. Yeah, of course they passed the Dave Ellswick bill because how could they not? By the way, Dave. In all seriousness, you had two years of lobbying on this show for that bill. They had no choice but to pass that bill. And I give them credit for it. Don't get me wrong. But there are a bunch of other bills left by the roadside. All right. 
I will tell you what, I was really impressed with Matthew Shepard as the Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thought he did very, very well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I got to be honest with you, I didn't follow that. Co- he shitter. was good. Yep. And in this article today in the Dim Gas, legislators pass half of measures floated on ethics. Yeah, half of them, all right. They didn't do the tough work. They didn't do the big ones. They were, they Absolutely were, they not. were against doing, doing the tough work. And he made this statement. House Speaker Matthew Shepard uh, from El Dorado said uh, last Thursday, on the House end, everything that came to us, we passed on ethics. You know, I don't know as far as the ones that didn't make it down there, speaking yeah. of the Senate. Yeah. As far as all the ins and the outs down there, I didn't get involved in their discussions once the bills were filed. So I couldn't really speak to the specifics. I think it is just reflective of the fact that as with a lot of other issues, it can take time. Of course, one of the things I have always said is I want to be careful about how we do things because we don't want to do something as a kind of knee jerk to uh, one thing and end up creating additional problems or not really solving the problem. And that's what I thought that Mark Johnson did such a good job with the the six bills he came up with. But he didn't, pa- it, he didn't pass the good one. He didn't pass the retirement bill. No, he couldn't get it passed. I know it. I'm not blaming Mark on that. Yeah, we're talking way. SB yeah. 238, and we'll talk to him about Mark, that tomorrow. He's going to be on the show. It was a good bill. And then he had, uh, what was the other one that got uh, got passed that, uh, about uh, a, a felon? That's what I'm trying to think of here. Yeah, okay. I'll come up with it. But I'll listen, find it. and Mark um, wanted to work with me on FOIA, but we didn't. We never connected. I didn't hear back from him. That's unfortunate. And uh, Mark didn't support one of my bills in, um, I want to say judiciary, or maybe state agency. I, no, education. He didn't support one of my bills in education. Well, that's something else to talk about today. Yeah, yeah. Because Republicans failed miserably on school choice. And let me just say that, who was it that said we got school choice? Where is that? When you open it, where speaks? Uh, represent, yeah, right. Uh, who was said, as you look for it, I remember the article. They said, well, you can choose between public schools. Which public school you go to? Yeah. Is that school choice? Is that school choice? Mm-hmm. No, that's Because the, the choice is between public the, and non-public. Yeah, not between public schools yeah, yeah. or amongst public schools. Yeah. That's yeah. By the way, I'm a product of public schools. I think there's some fine public schools out there. I have no problem with sending my kids, if I, I don't have kids, but if I had kids, to public schools if I thought it was a good public school. But I want the option. Representative Nelda Speaks, mm-hmm. Republican Mountain Home, who voted against SB 539, which was just $3 million. Nothing. Absolutely I mean, it's nothing, nothing when you're looking at $5.7 billion uh, deal. Well, and you know, the leftists, they say, well, you're pulling money out of the school system. I'm pulling the students out of the school system. Yeah. Why am I yeah. paying for students who aren't going there? Yes, you still get your money for the infrastructure. It's not like we're cutting entirely the money that's going to the school per child base for infrastructure. All the infrastructure money goes. It's the additional money that is not necessary because those students aren't there. Okay, so let yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because Nelda speaks trying to throw up some Nelda smokescreen. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, the representative said this. He had deep concerns that the program would hurt public schools. Three nonsense. million dollars. Yeah, Who nonsense. would not? Nonsense. All right. 
She noted that schools would not only lose the state foundation funding attached to each student, which is a little over $7,000, that that would transfer to a private school, but also any federal lunch assistance money. No. Lunch for who? It don't matter. Right, lunch, if, for, lunch for the students that aren't going there? Yeah, if, if, you're, if your student leaves and you don't get that lunch money and you shouldn't, for that student, it's not hurting you because that student it's not is there. not there. It's not there. Yeah, so that that's a straw straw man that well, you're of throwing course. up. This is what the leftists do. They say, oh, you know, if, if we don't indoctrinate all the students in public schools and we don't get them all to show up and, and, and beat them over the head with our leftist philosophy, then we lost. We need every penny that they can bring in. And even when they don't come, we need their money. I just want to know how Republicans that are so hell-bent on public schools— and in the years that public schools have been running here in this state, have been abysmal. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I'll I'll agree that if you're in a school system that's really good, you can get a, a decent education. However, for the most part across this state, that's not the case. It's just not the case. And other things need to be done. I go back uh, to Westerman. I'd like to. Do what he wanted to do. Give every student a voucher and let them go to whatever public charter. Charter's a public school as well. Right, but a different type. That's out there or private school if mm-hmm. you want to go out there. Even mm-hmm. if you get you get the, that, that money from the government, it's not going to cover everything you need for a private school. No, of course not. And look, as we were just discussing, let's say it's seven grand per student that goes to the public school based on the number of students. It's not exactly how the formula works, I think, by the way. But let's assume that to be the case. Give me five. Give me five grand. Keep two for infrastructure and give me five. What's wrong with that? So the left is... Because I'll tell you what, if if they take it to a private school, there's going to be private schools that rise up Mm -hmm. knowing that I can run on $5,000 per student. Of course I can. Exactly, and you're going to have you'll have an explosion, right, of right. schools like that. Right. You know the top three schools in this state when you look at private and public together are all in Northwest Arkansas, and mm-hmm. they're all, by the way, charter schools. Yeah, of course they are. Right. Uh, look, this is just one example of what we've been talking about just for the last few minutes. The the C minus or so, unfortunately, that the legislature. Um, has accomplished in terms of this legislative session. And, you know, I was the biggest cheerleader. In fact, when I was on your show during during this session, Dave, and I kept saying, this is the most conservative legislature in the country, and uh, you and others would push back a little and say, well, on paper, on paper. Well, guess what? I was wrong and you were right. Because uh, what, what happened with guns? Tell me one bill. You know what one bill? The bill I wrote. The, well, by the way, tiny little bill. On your show, we had a, a student who's a cop call in and say, oh, the school told me I'm not allowed to wear a gun to, to, yeah, to, right? to, class. to class in uniform. In uniform, the leftist told the student he can't wear a gun, his gun as part of his uniform. He cannot show up in uniform. Can't show up in uniform. Because right? then he's out of uniform. Then he's out of uniform. And then he gets busted by his job. That's right. Exactly. So on your show... 
we have that uh, uh, um, student call in. I've since found out more about that student, by the way. Uh, and, and so, he's a Dave Ellsworth listener. He is a Dave Ellsworth <laughs> listener. Uh, he's in his right mind. Therefore, he's a Dave Ellsworth listener. And uh, guess what? Uh, I went to uh, Bob Ballinger, and Bob Ballinger was very interested in this. And in short order, they passed the bill. Mind you, mind you, current law allowed him to wear a gun. But this is what happens when the leftists are in control of government. They say, oh, well, I read this law, and it says you can't carry a gun. Yes. And, and we say, but, but it doesn't It's a matter say, of opinion. Yeah, it's a matter of opinion. No, it's not. It's a matter of these clear English words. And this is the problem. These, these folks say, well, we've got a law on that. Why? You know, they said this to me when, when we were pushing other bills. Well, the law, we have laws on that. Yes, but they're not being enforced. So if we make a better law, no one could even object. Costs a lot of money to go, to go to court, by the way, Dave. So we made a better law. We said, hey, you know that other law that already lets cops carry guns any, in uniform anywhere they want? We really mean it, and this is how we're going to spell it out. A cop in uniform, on or off duty, is allowed to wear his gun. That's not yeah. ambiguous at all. Exactly. But we had to do that because notwithstanding the left to say, well, there's a law on that already. These bureau hacks were saying no, no good. So we straightened it out. All right. Let's take a break. We got to get one in. Robert Steinbach here, as I told you before he came on. His opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those of the Bowen School of Law or the uh, folks over at UALR. All right, I've got four tickets to give away to the Travelers. If you want to be able to go to the Travs games and you want to go free, we can make that possible for you. I've got a package of four tickets right now to the first caller, 823-0965, All right, 823-0965, a four-pack of tickets to go see the Travs on whatever day you want to go. The only day you can't go is on pyro night when they have the huge fireworks display. So uh, you can go any other game just so you know to do that. All right. So we've had, we had problems on ethics uh, as far the big fight was over getting rid of uh, people's retirement. Uh, it says, uh, said Mark Johnson, quote, it just didn't work out trying to please everybody. We just ran out of time. I realize it is not as easy as I thought it would be. And a lot of that is due to the actuarial involvement. So I, he's going to, Mark's going to be on at 4 o'clock well, tomorrow. He and heard- he can explain why this got to be so convoluted. <laughs> there was also, there were also these people say, well, it's unconstitutional. Yeah, yeah. All of these non constitutional attorneys saying it's unconstitutional. Moreover, uh, if something, look, you should never pass something that you consciously believe is unconstitutional because you have an obligation to obey the Constitution included, including in writing legislation. But if you reasonably and legitimately believe something's not unconstitutional and you pass it and it gets tested and it gets determined unconstitutional, that, that's how the process is supposed to work. Like, we're not supposed to undermine the process by saying, even though I think it's constitutional, just in case somebody might say otherwise, I'm not going to pass it in the first place. And in reality, what happens 
is it's a, it's a scare tactic. It's a bunch of bureau hacks who come yeah, it's in. It's a red herring. It's a total red herring, and a bureau, bunch of bureau hacks come in, and they try to put the kibosh on a good idea because they're afraid it's going to impact them somehow negatively. Oh, well, we think it's unconstitutional. I didn't ask you. I didn't ask you what you think is unconstitutional. You're a bureau hack. I don't need the bureau hack's opinion on what is unconstitutional. All right, we continue. Robert Steinbach is here, and uh, we're back in the studio now because we've done what we needed to do, and that is we covered the last General Assembly that went on over at the Capitol. They'll come back for a couple of days before they completely adjourn from it, and I haven't made up my mind whether I'm going to take us over there or not. Uh, I think we've covered everything that we need to cover, to be honest. I don't think we have to go over there for the, you know, the big deal of, uh, yeah, we, we all agree. Let's go home. See you later. Let the dust settle now for two years and we'll be back. So anyway, I thought we did a really good job. On the air, you did yeah, a great job with our coverage. You did a fantastic job. I, will, I don't. I, I don't think you. I don't think all the bills that we give the C minus to, by the way, would have passed if if you weren't there every day. And by the bottom line, well, I I don't I I really can say that I think that the sanctuary city bill would not have passed right if we hadn't have been on right. Well, of course, the Dave Ellswick bill, free speech bill, wouldn't have passed. Uh, there are probably some lousy bills that we helped to uh, stem the tide on as well. So, no, I think it had the a tobacco, The tobacco uh, tax. Oh, you remember that? I went, forgot about that. Goodbye, bye. Well, uh, interim uh, study for me is like putting you in purgatory yeah. well, if uh, it exists. And I hate smoking. I think it's an awful habit, and I think it's dangerous, and it kills people, and I think you have the freedom to decide whether to do it or not. That's the point, right? This is it, It's real easy for, uh, for the things that that we oppose to say government shouldn't be telling us to do that. But the things that we think, well, yeah, it is a good idea that people not smoke. A true conservative says government still shouldn't be telling you to do that. Yeah. That's the difference. It's real easy to say, well, government shouldn't tell you that you need to indoctrinate your kids with liberal values because that's a bad idea. Yeah. But what about something that's a good idea, but government shouldn't be imposing it on you? And that's what we were talking about with the cigarette taxes. Because if they can do that, I'm just saying, if they can do that, they can move on to food. Exactly. Well, they have to a point. I mean, you got soda tax and all kinds of stuff. Well, who cares about food and soda? They can say, it's a bad idea for you to think these conservative thoughts. Yeah. It's a bad idea. Hey, here's another one that has a lot of um, play, uh, so to speak, uh, in the South. What, what do we do with Confederate um, statues? Well, that's going to be a big right. question right. over in uh, Pine Bluff. Right, right. But my point is you can you cannot be a fan of, of Confederate statues and still respect people who think, well, I, I want to keep it up. I get it. I don't want government telling me that I'm not allowed to think something. And that's what government is, always tr- has an incentive and a desire to do. And yeah. true conservatives understand that we need to limit that. Power. It's about growing the power. government wants power over what you can say and what you can literally think. I mean, we, we've we moved into minority report already. Mm-hmm. You know, 
you can't you can't have a gun because uh, you have d- you know some kind of uh, problem as the government sees it, and so they're going to and you may commit a crime. So now we're not going to let you have a gun. Look, look, look! What the leftists have done with this uh, crackpot. Uh, House uh, represent you know federal uh, congressional representative Elon Omar who made this comment. Oh, that thing happened. That thing happened. She was referring to nine. A group of people. Yeah, some people did something. That's how she said. Some, some people, people did, did something, something, and then we said, wait, wait, what? What happened? Yeah, some 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 people did something. Uh, meaning the the dozen or so terrorists uh, uh, attacked the Twin Towers, the Pentagon. Uh, and down that plane in Pennsylvania is that is that the oh some folks did something is that yeah what you that mean? was a special express for the Capitol right so she says that and people appropriately say uh, excuse me hello is this thing on is this thing on yeah. uh, you kind of you kind of missed you you kind of buried the lead there yeah you kind of you f- kind of forgot what the big story was yeah. we as Americans and you're one. So you should be recognizing this. We as American recognize that that was uh, a, a, um, a, a awful attack on our homeland. So try not to minimize that in the future. And what do the left to say? Oh, well, you know, people are opposing what she says and it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Uh, and therefore, we got to stop them from saying it. That's it. It's a two-step. It's the leftist two-step. Here's how the leftist two-step goes. You, you say that you say something ridiculous, and a conservative says, that's a stupid idea. And then the leftist says, oh, well, you call that stupid. That's inciting danger, and therefore you're, you need to be restricted in what you can say. So that, now we do the hokey pokey. Right, and now we do the hokey pokey, and we throw your ass in the pokey for saying something we don't like. Right. That's Absolutely. It. That's it. Yeah. And, the, and therefore, they've moved into restricting speech. This is the same notion when they say, they, they say well, it's, it's hate speech. That's not protected. Well, then why don't you put the word speech in it? Pick any other word out of the nearly limitless number of words that we have in English. But you chose speech for a reason. It's because it's speech. And so you can't throw people in jail for hate speech. You don't like it? I get it. Because there is no definition for hate, hate speech except it's something you don't that like. That the leftists don't like. But here's the thing. What happens if it's, what happens if we write up a definition? Write up a definition of hate speech. These following uh, statements are hate speech. I don't care. Yeah, I'm sure they're awful statements. I don't care. I agree. What else you got? Is that your biggest complaint? I don't care. Well, it hurts my delicate daisy feelings. So you can't say those. I don't care. Sticks and stones. Yeah. Get over it. You can't live in society. Stay, stay in your basement. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, because it hurts your feelings does not mean it should be illegal. Exactly. And, and of course, the First Amendment often protects that kind of speech, but the left is saying, oh, but no, 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 it's not speech. It's hate speech. And as we just discussed, well, sorry, you kind of just called it speech. Yeah, it's a special kind yeah. of speech. Kind of speech that doesn't get protection. This it's is what the leftists special. want. This is when I, as I told you, when we tried to introduce this bill regarding private, a speech you make in private at home on your Facebook page, and the Bureau hacks came out of the woodwork. Whoa, we can't have that. You know, and I pointed out to Trent Gardner, I said, Trent, you know, this bill 
is born from the idea that, say, there's a school teacher who happens to put on her Facebook page at night, says, you know, just by the way, I happen to be against gay marriage. I don't, I don't believe in gay marriage. I don't support gay marriage. And undoubtedly, that teacher is going to have some students who are gay. Yeah. And so either the student or, or the student's parents objects to that Facebook page because you can – I'm not on Facebook, but, you know, you can generally read those things. So you read the Facebook, oh, well, I'm offended. And, he's, and, and so Trent Garner's response was, well, that's, that, that should be illegal. I agree, but it ain't. And it's not protected by the First Amendment. Right. Because the First Amendment, here's what most people don't know. The First Amendment protects very little. First of all, it's only if you're uh, relative to the government's action. So in terms of employment, government employers. So then we divide the speech in half. Private speech and public speech. Private speech is anything that's not an important public topic. So you think the boss is not doing a good job? Private speech. First Amendment, no protection. You you think there's something uh, bad with the bureaucracy in your office? Private speech, no First Amendment protection. So what's public speech? Well, public speech would include like issues of gay marriage, issues of public concern. Oh, but then it doesn't stop there. Then they get to say, oh, but if it's disruptive... The bureaucrats get to say, if it's disruptive, even public speech can be regulated. And guess who gets to determine if it's disruptive? The bureaucrats! Yeah, the people who don't like it. Right! So the bureaucrats say that your private Facebook page that says that you happen to be opposed to gay marriage is disruptive to the school's operation. Boom, you're gone. You're out of there. There's no First Amendment protection. None. None. Yep. Now, is that right? No. Listen. I, I say it every time on your show, Dave, we need to be respectful uh, of all people, gays, transgender, all the different categories. Um, and I think at times there have been examples of, not from us, but where people are not, I know there have been, you know, are not respectful, they're hateful, whatever, and that's not right. But that doesn't mean that you and, for example, the president of the United States can have a legit, excuse me, the vice president I'm talking about, well, be, maybe the president as well, but we just saw an example with the vice president, can have a legitimately held religious belief against gay marriage. I've got no problem with that. And by the way, there are people that do have a problem with that. Knock yourself out. You can have a problem with that. But he's... And you can talk that's about... That's right. And that he's still allowed like and he's still allowed to have that view. Yeah. That's it. And what the Bureau hacks want to do is stop you from expressing that view at home, at night, in your pajamas, on your Facebook page, at 11 o'clock at night before you go to sleep. That's what the... That's the level of leftist control the embedded bureau hacks want to have over your life. And did the legislature do anything about this? The answer is no. No, the they, no. they went along with they it. They went along with it. They went along with the, the movers and shakers That's right. in the schools. And, and the same again, way they yeah. went along with public education. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, vouchers? Vouchers? <laughs> you can't have a voucher. Voucher's not right. So yeah. that's what happens. So, uh... They say that eight Republicans, mm-hmm. was that what it was? Let me look at that real quick. <coughs> Excuse me. No worries. For the second straight regular legislative session, state lawmakers led by Republicans rejected GOP-backed legislation to use public funds on private school tuition. It was eight Republicans on that committee. And they couldn't carry the majority of them. It's unbelievable. 
It's really unbelievable. So I'll try. I'm going to try to get uh, Eubanks on. I'll try to get Nelda Speaks on. And uh, some of these other folks uh, on as well. Uh, Representative Dotson of Bentonville was a House sponsor of the proposal SB 539. And he expressed frustrations when the bail the bill failed two years ago. He was one of seven Republicans who supported SB 539 in the House Education Committee, evoking similar feelings. Quote, people should ask their representatives where they stand on these tough issues. The state Republican Party platform states, quote, every opportunity for every family to enroll each child in a school of its choice should be secured by government and offered to Arkansas families. Parents must have the ability to make informed choices regarding the education of their children and should not be reined in by lines on a map or the cost of tuition. As such, we support state government creating ways where families can make the best choice for their children's education and be able to afford it. Yeah, exactly. Look, Dave, we, we talked about already how the legislature did do a good job on issues of life. It did not do a good job on issues of education. Notwithstanding the Dave Ellswick free speech bill, I guess that's a sort of an overlap between free speech and education. It didn't overall do a good job on free speech based on what we just talked about. Right. It didn't do a good job on guns. Tell me, other than the one bill that I helped draft on guns, did we pass? Yeah, well, here's what I heard. You may have heard the same thing. Mm-hmm. Somebody told me. Yeah. Won't say who it was. That's all right. That this year wasn't a year because last uh, the last session, right. they got some stuff through. Right, so what? They will, Keep going. I agree. But you take up the momentum and run with it. But they believe in two years... There's, there's going to be ones that are going to blow right through. I don't buy it. It's all these bureaucratic legislators who all keep giving me excuses for why things don't get done. Because they're they're scared. They're they scared don't for want re-election. to push it about reelection, and you don't go into this uh, job just Worrying wanting about re-elect. Exactly, exactly. This is what's driving me crazy. Yeah, do you stand on any principles right. whatsoever, or well, your what? principle is how your how the shifting sands of your reelection? Are, are, are you going? doing the job for the money? It's not even that much money. I'm not saying it's small, but it's not a huge amount of money. This is that is that why you're in the job? You're doing it for the money, or you're doing it to bring about a more conservative outcome? Because if you're doing it to bring about a more conservative outcome, then get it done. Stop kicking the can down the road. You know, who did a fantastic job. I thought uh, uh, Dan Sullivan did a fantastic job. He introduced a bill that he just didn't have time to run, uh, but he'll run it next time. I know he will. Eliminating preferences. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, Oh, well, you're this type of person. Well, you get a special leg up here, and you get a special... No, here's the leg up you get. If you're good, you win the bid or get the job. If you're not good, you don't. You know what I'd be interested to see? Brant Smith. From over uh, in the Northeast. Yeah, what do you have? Will run. Well, he got the uh, joint resolution passed about constitutional carry, open mm-hmm. carry. Mm-hmm. 
Now it's time to back it up and run it as a bill. Well, that was what I said. I, I was I, I supported the the resolution. I've had no not only no objection, but all else being equal, right? Uh, uh, something that moves the ball slightly forward is good. But let's just be clear: slightly forward, slightly forward. No, it, you it, couldn't pass a bill on that. Yeah. I don't blame him. He's the guy that at least brought it up as a resolution. But where are the other people? Where are these cowards? Yeah, that wouldn't even vote to put a bill in for a vote yeah, because they don't want to be on the record for how they voted on it. Uh, Bob Ballinger puts forward correctly a bill on stand your ground. Yep. Can't get it passed. Nope. Can't get it passed. I mean, have you ever heard such an absurd story? I wrote Bob Ballinger as you, Dave, and I'm sure your listeners could decode from my very hidden accent I'm originally from New York. Right, Zach? Zach, you can't tell where I'm from. Isn't that right? So uh, I'm originally from from New York. I've been here actually longer than I've been in any place as an adult. Uh, But I still haven't picked up uh, the southern accent, I think. I know. Uh, In any event, uh, so I wrote um, Bob Ballinger and I said, hey, Bob, I I feel like I'm back in New York or maybe I'm visiting California because we can't pass Stand Your Ground. He said, no, Rob, you're wrong. Yeah, listen to this. California has stand your ground. Yeah. California has stand your ground. 33 states have stand your ground. And here in Arkansas, you can't stand your ground. Let's be clear what that means, folks. Don't listen to the leftists that hand you a big bag of malarkey. It means if your life is threatened, that's the given. If your life is threatened, without stand your ground, you got to look around. Hey, is there a way I can escape? No! If your life is threatened, you can choose to look around to determine if you can escape, costing yourself precious time and maybe getting yourself killed. Or you can decide, with a stand-your-ground law, to defend yourself. That's your option. You don't have to stay there. It doesn't mandate that you stay there. You have the option, when someone is threatening your life, to use deadly force in response. Is that a is that a complicated or controversial notion? To the leftist it is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. Let's get a break in. Final break for this hour. Did we give away those tickets? We had some people call in, but then they turned them down. Okay. Eight two three oh nine six five. I got a four pack of uh Travelers tickets for you. It's good for any game you want to go to except for the pyro night. Keep that in mind. 823-0965. You call right now. The tickets are yours. All right, let's get back, finish up these last few moments again. Uh, Doyle Webb was asked about all the people not following Uh, the party platform, and he said, quote, we always encourage support of our platform. Educational choice will continue to be brought forward to allow parents to make the best choices for their children's educational future, regardless of their socioeconomic circumstances. And um, Doyle may want to start looking or maybe perhaps some uh, of the people within the Republican Party might want to start looking at putting teeth in following the party platform. Yeah, exactly. Why be a Republican if you're going to ignore the platform? Well, it's even broader than that, 
Why be a Republican if you're not going to support Republican values, ideals, bills? Well, that's what the platform oh, is. Oh, I understand that. But it's not, it's not nearly as technical as, well, you've got to follow the platform. Uh, these people aren't, like I said, what, the, the only guns bill was that little guns bill that we passed uh, because Bob and I worked together on, on, on a small issue. It's a good bill, but a good act, but that's it. That's it? That's all, yeah. that's all this concern? Well, we're going to wait. We don't want to mess it. What? What? Well, guess what? Then I don't need you. Then I don't need you because I can I can find the wow. Well, are you going to vote for the leftist? No, I'll vote for the some the person who's more conservative. Don't you think that most of these races are won in the primaries? Oh, sure, right? always, always. And the primaries, don't forget, are next year in March. Exactly. Early. Watch out. Early. Watch out. So it'll be interesting. And uh, I haven't gotten. Uh, Dan Sullivan to tell me exactly what he's going to do, but oh, I think he's going to run I'm, for senator. I'm hoping he will, because Dan Sullivan will be an outstanding senator. He'll be a great, great candidate. Oh, he really he, will. He, he'll knock the socks he'd go, off. Of he'd him. go up against Cooper. Mm-hmm. So he'd go up against. All right, we'll yeah. take a break. We got more coming your way. Don't run away. When we come back, yeah, it's come to Arkansas. Let's get rid of uh, a Confederate statue at the entrance to the Jefferson County. Courthouse. Mm-hmm. Here we go. All right, back with you. We continue to Dave Ellswick's show. And I was just talking to Robert, and I said, what do I always say, Robert? If it starts on the West Coast or it starts on the East Coast, It'll show up here it day. will show up here sooner or later. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's kind of been a kind of sooner thing, mm-hmm. all right? In Pine Bluff, this is Dale Ellis from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Front page of the Arkansas section, that's the B section, on Sunday. Pine Bluff. A statue at the entrance to the Jefferson County Courthouse commemorating Confederate Civil War casualties will be removed if the county judge gets his way. County Judge Gerald Robinson said he is considering removing the statue because he believes it is an inappropriate symbol. Now, is it an inappropriate symbol to to pay homage to the people who died in the Civil War? Quote, I think in today's time, and that is a telling first sentence, I believe, I think, in today's time that we're trying to move on, especially when dealing with racial harmony, Robinson said. I don't think the Confederate statue depicts our country, unquote. Your thoughts? You know, it's really interesting about that, Dave. Look, I have always told you, and we just discussed earlier in the show, I'm originally from the North. So we don't have any Confederate statues, obviously, right? Because it was a war between the North well, and the South. Let me say it. We've yeah. got statues of grant we got statues of some of the generals in in the civil war up north right not but they're not confederate statues oh i agree with that oh yeah yeah no of course we do of course we do since the civil war was such a terrible thing wouldn't it be a good idea if we took them all down then well uh, don't want people thinking about it too hard your comment sort of touches on what i was was getting at right which is so now we're objecting to honoring the the mere soldiers who yeah. died, right? Like, does does the mere soldier in the Confederacy 
stand for racism and slavery or is it just honoring the dead? Uh, so I actually think that's uh, meaning there's this whole debate about, well, should we recast what the Confederate generals, what the plaque says, or should we take down this statue entirely? Um, this isn't even that. This is, these are just dead soldiers. And you, and that was a debate, by the way, when you remember Reagan went and uh, to some cemetery in Germany uh, and they had SS soldiers buried there. Yep. And so there was never any debate that he could go to a cemetery where there were soldiers who fought for the Germans during World War II, meaning fought for the Nazi administration. But nobody thought that all the German soldiers were Nazis. They were Germans. They were, they were uh, drafted and they fought for their military. And so no one objected that Reagan would go to a cemetery that had uh, soldiers who, who wound up fighting for the Nazis. There was an objection that he went to the um, cemetery that had SS because those were committed Nazis. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so, and I'm not trying to get into that debate. I'm just saying that the notion that mere soldiers are somehow now representatives of the governments that they were fighting pursuant to law, meaning they were required to fight for. Or put up against the wall and shot, basically. Right. Or right. put in prison. Well, you can't, right? You were, you were drafted. Uh, so that's really sort of a remarkable step to take in my mind. Okay, well, it says, you know, he keeps saying that he does not dispute the historical significance of the monument, but he said the history reflected by it refers to a time in American history when slavery tore apart the nation and True. mired it in a civil war True. that has cast a shadow ever since. Maybe. Only True. only right. because yeah. people can't move on. Well, but it. I'm saying take all those statements as true. What does it have to do with the fact that there's a memorial for dead soldiers? Not Well, I don't what? disagree with you. That's not right? what this country is about. We need to move on from it. And Mr. Robinson well, will move on a lot easier if people like you don't keep bringing it up. Well, that's the, you see, this is the leftist ideology. Things in the past that we don't like, we erase. We know the Soviets did it, right? They, oh, Stalin decided that someone was out of favor, and they quite literally took photographs. They this erased before. The, They erased um, it, right? They painted over it, and this was before with the computers, right? So they literally painted over the photos, and then they put them in all the newspapers and textbooks, and there was a bush there. Right? There was, and I don't mean George Bush. I mean right. a plant, yeah. right? Um, and so there was a uh, that that might be Jeb Bush, right? He's kind yeah, because he's, he's kind of, kind of plant, disappeared. Right? Yeah. Um, but uh, seriously, they, they just erased him from history, and this is what the left wants to do. Meaning, dead Confederate soldiers, privates, corporals, and you can't have a monument to them. So listen. Here's what I will say. I, I do agree with those on the left that say, if you're going to keep, and there aren't many on the left that say this, mind you. If you're going to have something like that, maybe we should contextualize it. Maybe we should put up a plaque that says now, uh, so a more modern interpretation, because there's probably no plaque at all, just a plaque about the dead Confederate soldiers. I have no problem with that. That's just contextualizing. But you know where they did this? Just recently I read in, in New York City at the... Um, History museum, some sort of history museum, and they had this mural 
but it's one of these antiquated murals, right? And showed American Indians kind of as these primitive people and the, and 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 distorted views, uh, uh, sort of of stereotypes. Stereotypes. That's exactly right. And so they didn't take down the mural. You know what they put like they put these placards up in front. I think uh, in front of the glass because there's glass in front of it. And said, "Well, this is inaccurate." And here's what's this is what it's depicting, and here's what really happened. Well, that's that's a history. That's lesson. a history lesson at two levels, right? At least. So, you can make reasonable steps, but this kind of erasing of history. This is what the leftists do. I'm sorry to say it, Dave. The leftists historically have erased history. That is their tactic. They erase history. They erase words. We're not allowed to say certain things, right? They want to control what you think and what you say. You can't write that on your Facebook post at night. We don't like that. You can't write that you're against gay marriage. And by the way, you know, I use that as an example because it's contemporary. And and, and some people say, oh, well, why, you know, why are you picking on – I'm not picking on gays. I'm, I'm pointing out that some people have this deeply held religious belief. And if they want to express it, whether or not I agree with it, they're free to express it. Well, let me give you another example. Yeah. 40 acres and a mule. Right. All right. A lot of people talk about that as though it were a law passed by the uh, government of this country. The fact of it is it was not a law that was passed by the legislature of this country. It was an idea that was placed before uh, the legislature by a civilian who said that this is what they should do about the land that the North won back from the South. Mm -hmm. However, you know, here's the key. Did you want to move on from the wounds of the war? Well, the best way to do that is to let the people who owned that land before have their land back. You take it away from them, you're going to continue to fight about this. Bad. So they they let the, peop, the, the Confederates uh, have their land back. Uh, it was never. The, the government of the United States didn't s- screw uh, a bunch of African Americans. It, it, it was never law. But you know what? It's been repeated so many times, people think it's true that the government did it. They didn't. It's that simple. We, we st- do not have the ability to have cogent conversations about race and as I dare say I'm being somewhat mocking I dare say that's a function of the left I watch TV this weekend as I often do and as I mentioned to you previously this Elon Omar made this really ridiculous statement and you know what the response from the left was racist racist you're racist you're anti this you're anti that racist it's not a conversation. You can't criticize her with racist. You know, it's like a jack in the box. You, you you keep spinning the wheel, and anytime you want to say some criticism of someone, on the left, racist. Yeah, that's it. Well, I play. You you hear me playing the the whole thing here on my show about the Democrat Party. Have you heard my the the new election uh, spot sure. they have? Hey. Uh, Zach, hey Zach, mm-hmm. do me a favor. Hit our Democrat. Uh, why you should vote for the Democrats? 
Hi, I'm a spokesperson for the Democratic Party. Democrats are the party of love and tolerance. We promote inclusion and acceptance, peace and goodwill. Republicans don't care about any of these things. They just want to talk about record unemployment, the economy and keeping communities safe. Fascists. Democrats have positive, practical priorities, like abolishing the Electoral College, eliminating due process, and banning hate speech. These are the values of the American people. Well, at least Americans that live in San Francisco and New York. Republicans often use fear-mongering rhetoric, like constitution or liberty. Democrats condemn such language as divisive and instead focus on more unifying topics like repealing the Second Amendment or kneeling for the national anthem. Democrats are the party of equality, so much so that we insist upon unconditionally believing women and disbelieving men because, well, feminism. If you ask us to explain this logically, we will scream in your face and call you a misogynist. Republicans want to take away a woman's sacred right to choose to have her child decapitated inside the womb and torn apart limb by limb with forceps. Democrats celebrate the right to violently murder your child because we're compassionate. Democrats believe that women are powerful and independent. They are also helpless victims of the patriarchy who require government intervention to succeed. Any woman who disagrees with us on this is a self-hating, stupid bimbo. And you know, it's time someone was finally brave enough to say this. Republicans are racist. Democrats have the same positive message for minorities that we have for women. You're a victim and you're useful to us. If you disagree, we'll insult your intelligence, but it's for your own good. Republicans want to stop certain people from coming into this country. They cite the infiltration of gang violence or opioids or sex trafficking as reasons to stop illegal immigration. But Democrats accept these as the natural consequences of opening up the borders, which, of course, is the more loving thing to do. Democrats recognize that the key to a better tomorrow is to look forward, not backward. That's why we reject capitalism and all of its greed and instead opt for socialism, which has worked so well every time it's been tried. Democrats are the party of the common people, the poor and the marginalized, the weak and defenseless. While Republicans promise freedom, we promise free stuff. That's how we win over young people. Our goal is to make the government work for you so you don't have to work at all. Republicans are always pushing religion in our faces. We reject their bigotry. Religious people are idiots. Democrats would much rather you sacrifice yourself on the altar of progressivism. The truth is, as the party of empathy, we're just better than everyone else. That's why we spend so much time telling people who don't align with our agenda that they're not just wrong, but that they're bad people. We still haven't figured out that this condescension is what lost us the 2016 election. Nevertheless, we're confident that through censorship, emotional manipulation, and continued bullying that will eventually get our way. Why? Because we care about you. So much so that we're willing to wear you down until you fear getting silenced, doxxed, or fired because you don't agree with our agenda. That's love. I'm the spokesperson for the Democratic Party. So, was that not the most honest Democrat, you know, racist ad that racist. you've ever heard? Misogynist. Racist. <laughs> That's it. That's all you hear they from love them. to yell. They love to yell well, their names. My favorite part of that is about abortion, when it says a woman has the right to decapitate her unborn child and tear its limbs off 
because we're the party of compassion. Right. I love that. Right. I really, <laughs> I, I love it. And if you don't believe that it's not a big deal to them, watch those people in New York when the governor signed that bill into law. Oh, they were applauding it. And they were well, not only applauding, they were cheering. Yeah. How would you, why would you cheer something like that? That's absolutely incredible, to be honest to me. But anyway, yeah, you're right about this, and that's what's going on in Pine Bluff. Yeah, look, it's, it's uh, we've been saying it over and over again. The, the leftists shut down speech through a variety of transparent methods. One is you say something they don't like, they call you names. Specifically, racist, misogynist, deplorable. Hater. Remember deplorable? Remember deplorable from Hillary? Yeah. I don't know why I didn't lose. I think it's because I didn't win. I didn't win because they're deplorables. Oh, and and, every, and 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 the voters that voted for Trump they hate women. Yeah. Well, you know, he got a majority of certain groups of women based on age, and they hate women too. They all they hate everyone. <laughs> women hate women. Men hate women. Men hate men. What racist! Was, what was it that they say in that? Uh, it says, uh, you believe uh, in our our group of feminists, and if you don't, well, you're just uh, you're some, an idiot. something bimbo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, you're an idiot. Either you agree with our form, uh, and as the, the mock ad aptly points out, uh, by the way, you're you're in, you're an independent woman entitled to think uh, for yourself. Unless you think differently than us, right? And you're a victim, by the way. Oh yeah. And we're telling you you're a victim. Yeah. They tell they yeah. say how great women are, how right. they they're smart, they're you know intelligence, blah blah blah. But and, and you're a and, and you're a member, you're uh, you're right. you're put in by the patriarchy. Oh yeah. Bottom line, but you need the the federal government to come in and save sure. your butt. Dave, don't you know we're not supposed to. Correctly, we're not supposed to judge people based on their skin color, based on their gender. That's what this really famous black guy I love used to say. Right, you're not supposed to do any of that unless you you, you are what you, Dave Ellswick, are, a white man. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. You know, it's the only group you can still say, well, he's just a white man. Yeah. Just. Just. Yeah. Someone said that to me. They said something like, well, you know. That was done by a bunch of old white men. And I said, I'm kind of an old white man. Yeah. And, and she was like, um, well, uh, not you. Not you. Give me a good grade still, right, please. Right. Not you. <laughs> Just a bunch of old white men. This is the only group that you can, that you can call out based on their race, mm-hmm. based on their sex, as a pejorative. Yeah, they, call, they use that on me all, all the time. All the time. Well, he's, just, he's white. White so privilege. What? I know the difference of what the the Bill of Rights say. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, it's just, that's an abomination is what that is. Mm -hmm. It's an absolute, and so, oh, we're deplorable because we don't want to judge people based on their uh, skin color uh, and based on their uh, sex. We want to uh, judge them based on the content of their character. What a crazy idea. All right, when we come back, you'll very... Seldom ever hear me quoting from Matt Campbell's Blue Hog mm-hmm. Report. Yeah, me too. But I will today. Oh, he's right. On because this one. he's got a great, great article about Mayflower police who want to charge you so they can comply with 
FOIA request. Well, they want to violate the FOIA, and we're yes, going to talk about do. the, the uh, Little Rock Housing Authority b- breaking the law. Yeah, breaking the violating the FOIA, vi- violating the Open Meetings Act. They don't want. I'm going to use it. I want to know the names of every one of the people who have been given a alien ID card. Mm, interesting. In uh, in Little Rock, mm. and then I want to take that list, compare it to the voter. Mm-hmm. list and find out how many of them who are alien mm-hmm. voted in our elections mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it, the the housing authority that was in the, in the dem gas twice violated the open meetings act keep your thoughts yes i will we'll come back we'll talk about it here on the, they don't want you to know about this stuff no, i'm telling not. you we're it, back in a moment all right so we got something we want to talk about this last half hour with you in the next hour uh, I think it's Pat Davis going to join us. We're going to talk a little bit about insurance, health insurance. But uh, the folks from uh, Conduit News will be with us at 5 o'clock on Wednesday, just so you'll know. I've got four more tickets. I'm doing I'm doing packages of four, family packs of four, for the uh, Arkansas Travelers. So I'm counting out four tickets right now. If you'd like to go see the Travelers, if you li- I love going out. The Dickie Stevens, all right, because I, I love baseball. Go out, have a get a beef hot dog. You don't have to get one of those squirrely pork ones. Get a beef hot dog. And now, you know what? They, you know something new they got now. What's that? You're gonna love it. You like pizza? I love pizza. You like uh, Shotgun Dan's pizza? I don't know that one. Oh God, golly! You, I'm I'm gonna take you to lunch one day. As soon as classes are over, they're yeah. over this week, yeah, right? This week. All yeah. right, next week I'm taking you to lunch. We're going to Shotgun Dan's. Well, next week is Passover, so we'll have to wait. With no bread. Oh, so we'll okay. have to wait That's one right. additional That's week. That's right. No <laughs> leavening. That's right. That's right. Can't have leavening. So That's anyway, right. we're gonna do. I'm gonna take you to Shotgun Dan's. Oh, I look forward to it. Oh, it's the best pizza around. I really like Shotgun Dan's. Well, they're at the ballpark now. Shotgun oh, nice. Dan's or is at uh, Dickie Stevens. So what I'm going to do for somebody, I'm going to give you four tickets. You buy the Shotgun Dan's, all right? Or you can be like me, and I like a fried bologna sandwich. <laughs> that's a southern, I'm just telling you, that's a southern fried thing. Bologna. What, fried bologna. So what bologna. do they do? They, they put a sandwich and then they, they bread it? They put it in a no, batter? No, 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 no. They, they take, you know, a tube, of a, a, like a loaf. I think they call right. it a loaf. They take right. that. And they cut a piece of it off. Right. And then you put three slices at the edges so it doesn't bowl up. Mm-hmm. stays flat. Mm-hmm. Put it on the, the griddle. Cook it. Put it on your bread. They can give it to you. And then you put, like, mayo and mustard. Oh, so it's, a, it's like a grilled bologna oh, sandwich. Oh, it's basically. so oh, that good. that sounds good. I used to have these all the time when I was kids because mm-hmm. Dad wasn't really rich, all right? Sure. So we'd right, have bologna exactly. because yeah, bologna was, yep. like, Cheap, well, so he course. would he would die. Yeah, and I like that better than I like spam sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just let you know about right. that. But right. anyway, if you want four tickets to go see the uh, the travelers, be the first caller eight two three zero nine six five. I'm making this as easy as I can. Call in to win eight two three zero nine six five. You get four tickets. The only time they're not good is a game that is. Pyro in the park. Everybody knows that. I go to that every year. It's one of the best p- fireworks show ever. It's it beats the one they shoot over the river on Fourth of July. I'm just wow. telling you, it's wow. it's fantastic. So anyway, uh, four tickets right now. Lines and uh, lines are lighting up. 
People want I'm tickets. Sure. They want sure. the tickets. They love going to see Travelers. It's fun. I like going to see Odie and all this. It's fun, yeah. You know, I don't, Ace, I like Ace, but I like Odie to, to possum. <laughs> there he is yeah, back there. Yeah, you got there. him up there on, on shelf. Yeah, he's up there on my uh, window seal. All right. Exactly. And uh, you may not be able to see that on Facebook. By the way, we're back on Facebook Live now. Uh, we're not in all of the major, uh, you know, marble over there, which we couldn't get out of. Next two years from now, I'm going to, I'm hoping God willing Creek don't rise. I'm still alive. I'll be there. It may be my, my hurrah for covering this, the general assembly. Cause I'll be 68. Maybe I might wait until I'm at 70, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I might do another one after that. Mm-hmm. If I, if I feel good and if I'm still having fun, right? I'm having fun. So right. the bottom line is, uh, we're going to drop in a line. So that we can get out of there, mm-hmm. I got to get out of there so people can see right. what's going on. Right. And you got to know. All right, now you were talking about the housing authority. Oh my gosh, what is going on? Well, Jenny Monk at the Dem Gas uh, is a uh, relatively new reporter. There has been doing just a fantastic job. Uh Oh, she's steering it up. She won't be there long. Oh you set my, up. Oh my no. Well, they're pretty. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, I'm I'm very pleased with the Dem guys. I think they've been doing an excellent job. We were on the opposite side of, of a bill that uh, Kim Hammer was introducing, but when I uh, testified in favor of the bill, I said, let's be clear, I think that Dem guys has been doing a wonderful job. I hope they appreciate it. I think they might have appreciated it, but they they're, they're, they really are. I, I don't know if they do everything right. Don't get me wrong. Nobody does. I don't. But they really have done a terrific job. And Jenny Monk has been covering this housing authority. Now, remember, two, three years ago, they had a guy, Rodney, I forget his last name now. He was the head of the housing authority, and he wanted to charge someone something along the lines of fifteen or $20,000 to make photocopies in absolute obvious violation of the Freedom of Information Act. His claim was, oh, we need so much people to, to get this done. We can't, we can't get it done uh, and do our job. That is your job, Rodney. Yep. That is your job. Yeah. So, uh, sure enough, the prosecutor decided to prosecute him. Good, good for him, by the way. Good for the prosecutor. And uh, they um, took it to trial, and they, uh, the prosecutor didn't win in trial, but that's how those things go in jury trials. And, in fact, I know the attorney quite well who defended Rodney, and it's not – just to be clear, I don't know what his personal opinion is, but just because he defended him doesn't mean he agrees with him. Uh, but he's a very good attorney, and they, and they won that case's defense. But the fact is that that was just an absolute outright violation of the Freedom of Information Act. Fast forward now, they're looking to fill the position that was held by this Rodney fellow. I can't remember his last name. And I think they have an interim director in there right now. And they're looking to fill that position. And that's a public meeting. And they they get together, the board does, and they have a meeting, and they don't have it public. And they and they don't let this reporter even come up to the room because apparently it's one of those elevators that you're going to punch in a key just to get up to the floor. They don't bring her up. They don't allow her up. They tell her after the fact that there was a meeting. They gave public notice that it was a meeting, and they never have her up. And then they kind of, well, part of it was a executive session. Executive session is when you talk about hiring decisions and you're allowed to do that in private. But here's what they seemingly have obviously avoided. When you start a public meeting, whether or not you go into executive session, the start has to be in public and the reporters have to be allowed in. And the end 
has to be in public, and the reporters have to be allowed in, neither of which happened uh, twice now with the housing authority. And if what's I'm sorry, what's the mayor, the new mayor's name? Scott. Scott, right? Yeah. If Mayor Scott wants to get his act together, he needs to get in there. Now, I realize he doesn't appoint those people, but he's the mayor, and he needs to get in there and straighten it out. That's a city building. You go, you go put a Little Rock cop in there, and you tell that Little Rock cop, I don't care what these housing bureau hacks have to say. When there's a public meeting, that Little Rock cop is to escort all people who want to attend that meeting. All interested citizens. All interested parties. Ginny Monk of the Dem Gaz and any other reporter from any other site and any public, any member of the community at all. They want to go to that public meeting. You take them up there. And if the housing authority says no, you arrest them. So, Mayor Scott, step up now. Get it done. Because this is an absolute violation. People should be going to jail. These housing authorities, folks, should be arrested for violating the Freedom of Information Act, specifically the part that deals with open meetings. They are not having open meetings. And after the first story was published, in which I was quoted, and I made clear, as did the story, that they were violating the Freedom of Information Act, they did it again. They did it again. So don't tell me they don't know about it. They know darn well about it. And they're breaking the law. And this is this is what I constantly... And not in a Judas Priest way. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> they're a bunch of bureau hacks. They, they are a bunch of bureau hacks who think they run... Think they own the government. Well, what I find so interesting about FOI is that police chiefs and city attorneys don't have a clue normally... Mm-hmm about mm-hmm. what they are responsible to do. This Mayflower story. It's a, unbelievable. It's a perfect example yeah, t- of t- this. T- tell them about it. Okay, the Mayflower uh, city prosecutor and the Mayflower chief of police, Robert Alcon, uh, are uh, in deep doo-doo. Uh, they are saying that people have to pay for FOIAs. And if they don't pay up, they won't even start doing the FOIA until they have the money from you. And they want to charge, just to be clear, they want to charge amounts not allowed in the FOIA. The only thing you can charge for in the FOIA are actual expenses, not labor, not labor. Yeah. So if you make a photocopy, it's like a dime, right? Because right, it's the right. paper and the ink or whatever. By the way, if you ask them to email it to you, no cost. That's what I always do because right, I no know cost. that. Just have them email it to you. Right. No cost. Yeah, here's what they were wanting to charge, evidently. Ten bucks for a copy of the report. Yeah, violation. Extra videos not considered part of case file, i.e. internal office security video, five dollars. Violation. Provided thumb drive containing requested information, ten dollars. Violation. Now, according uh, to the person who tipped off the Blue Hog report to this, uh, this policy has been being sent out by the chief of police, Robert Alcon, and he says that the new policy was, quote, due to the increase of FOIA requests, poor baby, and was done with the approval of city prosecutor David Hogue. You don't know the law, sir. Yeah, what, what is it? Uh, by the way, Mr. City Prosecutor, that's not your job to tell people to violate the FOIA. And and by the way, Mr. Um, Chief of Police, when your city prosecutor tells you to do this and you know it's against the law, you're still violating the law. Yeah, let me let me read this. It says, because a blanket charge of $10 for non-accident police reports 
is not supported by law. No. Within the meaning of the uh, AFOIA. The the Freedom of Information Act, yeah. Freedom of Information. Mayflower can only charge for the actual cost of reproduction. Importantly, because I'm sure this has likely come up, uh, the statute also makes clear that Mayflower or any entity subject to FOIA cannot charge for copies made for the purpose of redacting information. They also cannot charge, as noted a few paragraphs, uh, for time spent locating and copying. That's Meaning if a person were to request a non-accident police file in electronic format, the only cost Mayflower could charge for would be the CD that the record was burned on, plus whatever infinitesimal cost that one scan and one CD creation represented over the life of a scanner and of a CD burner, respectfully, or Which is basically something zero. between 18 and 30 cents. Yeah. Well, the, the, the disc itself uh, cost a few cents. The, there's no appreciable depreciation for scanning using a copier, so there's essentially no uh, legitimate charge for that at all. Yeah. Yeah. So bottom line is that, Go ahead and make your FOIA request because one of the other things that they say here is that uh, the chief says that no records will be produced or located until payment has been made. Also a violation. It's just remarkable. Is somebody yeah, gonna, if somebody brings a charge, they're going to lose big time. Yeah. Well, I would. Uh, your listeners should should call up the Mayflower police folks. And ask them if they're going to change your policy. If not, make a FOIA request. Ask them for something. Ask them for a record. Ask them for their salary records for the last 10 years. Ask them for the emails uh, of the chief of police for the last eight months. Ask them for the um, um, hiring uh, records uh, for the last three candidates. Ask them for their utility bills for the last 18 days. Ask them. Yeah, if if you get something you want for that, you can't. Right. You can't. They can. Is there a way that uh, the entity that's being asked for this stuff, if you keep doing it and you just, well, is there any way that the, they can say, "Hey, wait, you're harassing us"? They they can they can affirmatively file a complaint in court and seek a protective order. It's, okay. it's unusual, but it better yeah. be. And oh, if you're going to do that, that's a lot of money, and it better be. A huge amount of things that are being asked for. You better be right. Just keep that in mind. All right. So anyway, it's it's just sad that people don't know the law. Well, and it's sad that the instinct of so many bureau hacks is hide. It's hide. No transparency. No openness. Well, it's like Vivian Flowers. We were all over her piece of legislation where if if there was a meeting being held by any governmental entity, they had to record yeah. it and, and keep it for at least a year. That was a good idea. And by the way, a bunch of Republicans opposed that bill. Yeah, they did. Okay. I'm sorry. that Look, it's 2019, last time I checked, and I'm getting old, so I may be wrong by a few <laughs> years at this point. But it's somewhere around there. And they were well, it might be too complicated. It's called, uh, you know, it's called a tape recorder. It's called a digital recorder. It's called a... Uh, Cell phone. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So it's really Just punch the button on the phone, folks. Yeah. It'll record it. For It'll you. record it. There you go. It's, it's so, save it as a file. You can mail it wherever you want it to go. There you go. 
And so that's what's just so remarkable. It's just not a big deal. Oh, what happens if you didn't record correctly? Well, guess what? Sometimes things don't work. That doesn't mean you broke the law. Yeah. If you make the effort and you have the proof that, look, this is it, but it didn't work, whatever. Uh, if that, you know, if it's not happening, have the proof. Yeah, have no. the proof. Have the proof. But this is not, should not be a complicated. This is a public meeting. What's a big deal? Yeah. And they say, well, they might not be able to hear everybody because a big room. Would... Listen, you put it in the middle of the table, and whatever gets picked up gets picked. Tell them to speak up. Yeah. Right. I agree. All right, let's take a break. We got to get our final break in for this hour. We'll do that here now. Who's our winner? And where's Linda from? She was just in Clinton, but she's not from there. Oh, she was up in Clinton listening to the show and gave us a call. That's, That's great. very cool. That's fantastic. Appreciate it, Linda. We'll take a break. Back with more Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I was just checking where they were at, making sure everybody was here. Okay. That's all I do. Our guest is here. Okay. And uh, he's going to join us. Uh, we've been talking. We have talked with this gentleman before. Uh, Pat Davis is going to be back. And several of you wrote to me and said, what's his number? And I didn't have it down in front of me. So uh, keep listening, and he'll give it several times in the next hour. What's going on with you? Hey, tomorrow at, uh, I think it's 1 or 2 o'clock. I'm not sure. Maybe, one, maybe it's earlier than Maybe it's 10, 10 o'clock, I think. Uh, the governor is going to be over at six hour in Jacksonville. Oh, really? The ribbon cutting for oh, six wow. hour. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm thinking about going over there and taking my recorder over with me perhaps mm. and see if I can grab the CEO of six hour. And talk oh, to that's him. great. That'd be yeah. very cool. That's a very big success story. Oh, that's, a, and that's a high end product. Yeah. And where they, uh, where they make it at it. You know, if you build something and you put your own road in, you get to name it. That's right. And it's a uh, six-hour avenue. There you go. No, it doesn't <laughs> I surprise kinda me. I kind of like that. doesn't surprise like me. That. I'm a big six-hour guy. I oh, like well, it's them, a, it's like a high-quality product. It's a yeah. very high-quality okay, product. Okay, here it is. I got it here. It's going to be Tuesday, 10 o'clock. The event start and reception, then at 1030, ribbon-cutting ceremony. Where? At Sig Sauer Drive, 357 Sig Sauer Drive. And uh, the Honorable Asa Hutchinson, yeah, 357. Yeah, that's no accident. The Honorable Asa Hutchinson, Governor of Arkansas, and Ron Cohen, President and CEO of Sig Sauer Incorporated, are getting together uh, tomorrow. Also going to be there, uh, Congressman French Hill. Uh, Local government and economic development officials will also be on hand to commemorate this exciting expansion to the company. Where is it? In what city is it? Jacksonville. In Jacksonville, yeah. Over yeah. in Jacksonville. Yeah, that's, that's a great place. I mean, we got them. We got, it's not Kimber. Who is it? Uh, who's the one over in Fort Smith moved in? You know, remember when they had that big run of states saying, uh, you know, becoming anti-gun? Yeah, yeah. We, he, we, he sat down, the governor, heard the him. story yeah. and heard the, com- uh, the, the companies that were involved. And he called the CEOs from all brilliant. of them. Ended yeah, up with absolutely. a couple of them coming here to Arkansas. Well, there's there's a big Remington, right? In, in, yeah, oh, in, that's been here for years. For years. Yeah, out on I forty. Exactly. Is there a Winchester? I don't remember now. If there's a Winchester, I don't remember. Yeah, uh, but, Nighthawk yeah. is up in the northwest. Is that's that right? an independent. Yeah, that's up there, and they make beautiful. Oh yeah. 1911s that right. they make. Ooh. No, the, uh, my Ooh. buddy has makes one. Me, the, the guy makes that, me get excited. Oh, yeah. What? 
The guy who what? Oh, the guy who was on your show. My my friend Chris. His his father has a Nighthawk. It's beautiful. Oh, really? yeah, yeah, it's a gorgeous hand. It's like it's all carved out of one block of yes, steel or something to that effect. They're amazing. They yeah. really are amazing. The Sigs are great. The Nighthawks are great. I'm kind of. Yeah. I'm looking over at uh, at uh, Robert, and he's going to join us uh, more often now mm-hmm. in the upcoming weeks during the summertime because right. school's out. School's out. As uh, you know, Alice Cooper saying. Exactly. And it's out for the summer. Yeah, indeed. You got a good well, job, buddy. Well, I like it. I like it. Exactly. Have they, it, with that that uh, that bill with that uh, university, uh, at the university level for like police officers and stuff, they can carry a gun still now. Right? Now. Okay. Now. How about you? Uh, how about me? If you want well, to. Well, if yeah, anybody who wants to carry on campus has to get a special license and they can carry on campus. Uh, and that's thanks to Charlie Collins. Unfortunately, Charlie was uh, unseated, but hopefully he'll come back. Maybe to he'll government. get seated back that's after right. That's right. the person that got in his seat that's right. ran some really spurious crap. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrible. What was her name? Garner, right? Yeah, or something? Garner. Yeah, yeah. terrible. Cra- crazy stuff. Yeah. Robert, thanks for coming. Thank Appreciate you, my it. friend. We'll see you here you will maybe indeed. down this uh, week or next week. We'll see. Could Although be. it's Passover. Yeah, well. But we'll take you to Shotgun Dan's week after next. Oh, yeah. I look forward to it. You're invited too, Zach. I see you. All right, we'll be back. We got more coming your way. God bless. Uh, I think it's, uh, who's coming? Mr. Davis is coming our way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back for the final hour of the Dave Ellswick Show on a Monday. Good talk there with Robert Steinbach from the, uh, legal department or the legal department of schools over in Bowen School of Law. He's a law professor. And uh, talking to him about FOIA, talking to him about out in Pine Bluff where they're saying they got to tear down a Confederate statue now, and uh, talking about all the crazy uh, things the Republicans would not support during the last session, like school choice and a few others. I, I love how they say, well, well, we've got school choice. You can go to charter school. You can go public school. Well, they're both public schools, you know. School choice is any school that you want to go home school, private school, you know, uh, public school, all of those. All right, Pat Davis is here with us, joins us here on a Monday. We talk with Pat. Uh, he is your health plan man. You can find him at yourhealthplanman.com. His uh, phone number is 501-605-6935, and you can text him there at that number, 501-605-6935. And uh, we're going to give away another four-pack of tickets this hour uh, to the Travelers. That'll come up uh, probably just before we break uh, for the first break at about a quarter after. Just keep that in mind. Pat, good to see you. How was your weekend? Great. Good to be here again. We were sitting here watching the flat screen in the uh, studio <sighs> and watching Fox, and they had all the pictures of uh, Notre Dame being you know, being consumed by that fire. It's just so sad what's happening over there. Yeah. They're going to rebuild it. They're already saying they're going to rebuild it, but there's something about... They rebuilt it. They're going to rebuild it, and only the facade will be real. Yeah, uh, that's right. Will be historical. The rest of it will have been burned up. Yeah, you know, done. And the other thing that's bad about it, there were 
a gazillion dollars of art mm-hmm. inside Notre Dame. Yeah. And uh, it's it's all gone up literally in a puff of smoke. Yeah, it's true. What did you say? The lady that was talking about the fire was an, an artist or something yeah. and said she could see all the colors and the flames and knew that was the pigments burning yeah, up off that's right. of, of paint. she felt, yeah. Wow. Sad. Yeah, sad. Just really, really, really sad. I mean, look, since, since Victor Hugo wrote The Hunchback of Notre Dame, that that has been just an incredible uh, sight. In fact, just it's just magnif- magnificent and, you know, to stand back. I haven't seen it. I wish I had. But to see the pictures of it and stuff, the, the workmanship on that to the cathedral was incredible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that definitely. And they put in so much hard work, the workers, because they were building to the glory of God. Right. That's why the spires, spires, spires point so far up mm-hmm. towards heaven. Yeah. Pointing towards God. So anyway, uh, Pat's here to answer any questions you might have. He's got a new way of buying health insurance. Your health plan man can uh, help you out with that. Remember, your health plan man dot com. That's easy to remember because I, you know, bottom line, you come up with something easy because we're sitting here talking on the radio. <laughs> you're driving down the road. I don't want you trying to write anything down or put anything in your phone. Uh, you pay attention and just remember your health plan man dot com. You can get all the information you need. To, Yep. So you had some calls. The people who were calling you, were they calling you and say, this is too good to be true? Some of them, yeah. So yeah. what's the catch? Is that um, what they say, Pat? Yeah, What's really, the catch? Really. Uh, that's easy for me to answer, too, is that there isn't a catch. Uh, health care and health insurance are not the same. You'll hear me say that over and over. Health insurance can be extremely expensive, and health bills can be outrageous and they're fake and all you got to do is look at true cost and with a new law that passed um, beginning of the year all hospitals have to show what their true costs are it's called price transparency and you're going to hear about price transparency all the time uh, in the news it's just it's really big and it doesn't really matter you know for the most part what run run over that what it's all about yeah uh, there's a lady named uh, Seema Verma who is the head of the Medicare and Medicaid services, and she she really makes it pretty clear. She said, can you imagine going shopping every week, and then you leave after you get all your groceries, and then two weeks later you get a bill from the grocery store? That's what happens with health ins- with health care. You go to the hospital, you go wherever, and then weeks later, months, whatever it might be, you get a bill, and that bill is crazy. And all you got to do is go on different websites. And one I recommend people to look at is the Surgery Center of Oklahoma City has incredible videos on there. And it's got, you know, Stossel and different people from Fox News and different things, a lot of independent groups that have asked questions about the cost of How healthcare. are you doing this? What's that? They're saying, how are you doing yeah, this? Yeah. You're charging this for, let's say, a CAT scan. And around the corner, another hospital's doing yep. it, and maybe I'm just going to facetiously make up numbers. It's two thousand dollars at their hospital, and around the corner, it's seventeen thousand dollars. Right, absolutely. Good example: a pacemaker at a hospital in Oklahoma City. 
$95,000, the same pacemakers put in, um, we're looking at less than 10 grand. You know, it's a big, big price. And on my website, I actually have some stuff on yourhealthplanman.com. You can see I've got some videos on there, and one of them is a video where the guy talks about how at the hospital they actually have to open up boxes of stuff because that's how they get reimbursed. And don't think that the not the nonprofit hospitals are everything they're cracked up to be. A lot of times they're the most expensive and there's so much that goes on within the hospitals, within the providers. And if you talk to doctors, a good friend of mine, he told me that I, I don't like being a clinical doctor because I don't make money and I don't get to spend time with my friends. The clinics make the money. The hospitals make the money. The nonprofit organizations. The exactly. They put in the hours. And he told me the number of people he had to see. But with health insurance, my big thing I want to stress today is you can pay too much for health insurance, but you can also pay too little. Mm-hmm. And I found some people this week who've called me, actually, and they're paying too little for their insurance. That means that it feels good, the premium's nice, I can get by with this every month, but then when you go to use it, you're going to find it's not going to cover hardly anything at all. Or you're going to pay so much for a plan that seems like it's the only thing and, and you'll hear me talk about this a lot, it's major medical insurance, which almost everybody has, that you pay a whole lot of money for. All Obamacare is, right? And, and I just talked to somebody today. They are doing their taxes. They just found out that they have over a $3,000 penalty because they didn't pay enough for their, you know, during the year. And so those things got to be taken into consideration. When you start looking at cost, for your monthly premium, you got to add in there also any penalties that you have to pay. And usually oh, sure. I can cut people's premiums somewhere between 30 and 50%. And I've seen it even as high as 50, 60 or 70% that I've cut premiums for people with plans that I feel like are tremendous plans. And I speak from experience because I shared this before. I had a blood clot and I watched my bill pretty much disappear because our company works along with the transparent pricing that the law requires now, we show someone up front. They can shop. We're going to get this much money if if we have a, a hip replacement. This is going to be done, and this is going to be done. And basically, I'm not saying you have to go in and pay cash. You just go show your card, and then however later, you're going to get back from the company, from the provider, and everything gets worked out. But they still make their money. And people all the time will say, man, it just sounds too good to be true, like you said, Dave. Or why are those prices so much cheaper? And the question or the answer from Keith Smith, who's from the surgery center in Oklahoma City, he goes, the real question to me should be, why are everyone else's prices so high? And we're much lower. All And, and they'll say, well, yeah, but you don't have as good a quality. When you have low pricing, you're under a microscope. You are in a fishbowl, and you've got to perform because everyone's going to hear about what you did. And people come from all over the world to have surgery done there because why pay 10, 20, 30, however many times more for the exact same thing? Yeah, and I mean, the bottom line is, you know, all of these hospitals are looked at under a microscope. To make sure you you don't have X amount of problems and things of that nature. I'm sure they're one of the higher rated hospitals mm-hmm. just because they understand that. Yep. 
Yep, absolutely. And you know, I always stress with people too. I I am an independent agent. I can sell insurance plans for you anybody sell I want. Anybody. And I choose the plans that I do because I like the company. I like what we do. And I go over all that. If you call me, text me, some people are really more comfortable texting. I have no problem with that. I've done insurance plans, everything I needed to do except for the application without even talking to somebody on the phone. Um, there's a lot of advantage to that for the, from the standpoint of just feeling relaxed and not feeling that pressure. If you've ever had you know, some salesman jump down your throat and say, hey, I'm going to sell you this. And then you're like, no, you're not. And right. they can feel that pressure. And I try not to, to bring that into the picture. The other thing I always like to talk about is COBRA. COBRA is the insurance that you get on. It's the, it's the government program. It's when somebody you know, you lose fires your, you. Yeah, or you lose your insurance <laughs> for whatever reason. And I call it COBRA, and I say it's perfect because it has teeth. And you get bit. Yeah, it's got fangs. It's horrible, the pricing of COBRA. And those policies I can cut usually well over 50% on a monthly premium. So my thing is, no matter what your situation is, if you are if you think you might be paying too little and you got one of those plans that oh, it's going to pay a little bit for this and a little bit for that and maybe give you a, a discount, call me. For sure, I can probably help you with stuff like that. But if you're paying a whole lot, I was paying our premium for our Obamacare plan for my wife and I, I'm 60, she's 59, was $1,500 a month. $1,500. And I think that had a little bit of a subsidy built into it. Our plan with my insurance right now is less than $1,000 a month. And I'd put it up against any plan out there. And we got great dental too. All right. We got to get a break in. Let's do that. I've got four tickets to go see the travelers. You want to go? You can go free on me or on the travelers except on pyro in the park night because that uh fireworks night is awesome and they gotta pay for all the fireworks they shoot they shoot so if you're the fifth caller i'm giving up a, a family pack of four tickets that get you in to go see the ball game uh it's on you to buy the uh Shotgun Dan's pizza or the beef hot dogs or the bologna sandwiches or whatever it is you buy, or you want to go down to the beer alley down there and pick yourself up a beer, whatever. Bottom line is four tickets to go see the Travelers on me and the folks over at the Traveler, uh, Travelers at Dickie Stevens Park. Call 823-0965, 823-0965, and be the fifth caller right now to the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you, the Dave Ellswick Show. Zach, who's our, la- our last winner for today? Jamie Osbrooks. Where's she calling from? Bryant. Bryant. So we had Bryant, we had North Little Rock, we had Little Rock, and we had Clinton. Very good today. All over our listening area. We appreciate you listening in and calling in to win. Uh, Pat Davis is here. He's your health plan man. In fact, that's his website, your health plan man. One word, just run it all together, yourhealthplanman.com. If you want to text him, you want to call him, 501-605-6935. And if you have questions about health insurance, not health care, health insurance, call in to the show today, 501 Eight two three zero nine six five. 
and he'll be happy to field whatever questions you want to hit uh, hit to you know he's he's like uh you know a shortstop he's ready to get out there and gobble <laughs> up the ball and throw it over to first base he's ready to go a two three oh nine six five you got health insurance questions here's your opportunity he'll help you understand what's going on and I want to go back and and talk a little bit more about pricing transparency this is this is something that just came through the last couple of months as I understand it so now you should be able to go online to any hospital any doctor's office some of them but the, okay. the, the hospitals for sure okay yeah, they're and ready. see how much they're charging for a procedure and you should be able to Go around, look around, and see who's got the best price for you. That's how you shop for a car. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and price transparency, the concept of it has been around for a long time, but the law actually was put into place at the beginning of the year. So that hospitals have to show that. One of the things I love so much about the insurance that I represent is a person has transparent pricing right in front of their eyes. They know if they go to the doctor that, you know, it's going to get this kind of a cost. If they go and have this surgery, this, whatever it might be. So they can shop around if they want, like you just said. Well, you should. You should, yes. You're just talking about this hospital in Oklahoma because they use a a different uh, paradigm for for charging you. They're charging tens of thousands of dollars cheaper. Yep. Absolutely. And and I heard about a lady, um, her name is Dr. Madrigal in Texas, and she is just an incredible woman. And she works a lot to help people that are poor. Um, she'll do free health care for people. She does free health care for people that are on Medicare. If she, if she could, that would be her heart. But there's laws they won't that let you. you can't give free health care if someone's on Medicare. That's right. And she goes, I don't want to be a felon. I want to be a doctor. And it's so sad. And that, I'm telling you, people are listening. If we get anything close to a Medicare for all, that is what it's going to look like. And it's going to be horrible. She said she has to wait sometimes for a day, two days, to get permission from an insurance company to do a procedure. And in the process of it, the the patient could die. That's what happens when the government steps in. We don't need more government. We need not less. We need no government in our health care. Yeah, because even before Obamacare, they had about 40% control of the health care system. Then they went up to like 75%. Yeah. You yeah. know, as far as that goes, a lot of people just do not understand how much the government has screwed all of this up. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, another thing that's really important to know is with the mandate that President Trump put in place, you do not have to get health insurance don't have to during pay that penalty time frame. Now. You don't have to pay a penalty if you don't want to have it. Um, I think there's going to be some transition. I think there's going to be some stuff that's going to be offered. We definitely need to take care of people with pre-existing conditions. There's issues like that. I know a lot of people say, well, I could get coverage, but my husband couldn't. With our insurance, if I can get one person in a family insured, 
one adult. I can insure a child that has issues health-wise. I could insure their spouse. This is something different than most insurance out there that's not like through your work or something or right. Obamacare where it's got to have some kind of guarantee in it. And the reason, one of the reasons people say, why are your rates so good? Because we aren't people that are, uh, okay, there's a car accident. Now it's time to go get my auto insurance. We know it can't work that way. You don't come home and see your house on fire and go, oh, I need to go and get some homeowners. But people do that with health <laughs> some insurance. Some people think they can. Exactly. And people do that with their health insurance. They Their health is horrible. Then they go to get insurance. Somebody's got to pay for that. Nothing's free. So to say Medicare for all and free everything, who's paying for it? You okay. and I. Yeah. That's it's who's going to pay for it. Coming out of our it. pockets. That's what's Exactly. Happening. All right. Pat's going to be with us in the next half hour as well. He's your health plan man. Remember that. Yourhealthplanman.com, 501-605-6935 if you want to call him or you want to text him. Also remember, when we come back, we'll take your calls, 501-823-0965. Six, five. But the news first here on 101. All right. Sorry. Uh, don't forget that Pat Davis is your health plan man. Your health plan man. One word dot com. Phone number 501-605-6935. That's to call him and talk to him or to, uh, you know, you can text him as well. You need to take a few minutes. We all know that insurance uh, for health is absurdly high. Uh, So you don't want to pay any more than you have to. So I'm going to suggest to you, and this is why I'm having Pat on here, save you money. Uh, He'll take good care of you. He'll answer all the the questions that you might have. And I think that uh, if you take a real close look, you'll see that he can save you quite a bit of money in health, dental, and disability. Again, your healthplanman.com on the internet, 501-605-6935 to call him or uh, to, to uh, text him. And then you can call him right now, 501-823-0965, you know, 0965. So let me ask this question, Pat. You know, one of the big problems with Obamacare now is that when you buy your health insurance, you know, you're a guy and all of a sudden you got maternity and all kinds of stuff. Can people kind of do a smorgasbord with you? Yeah. um, One of the great parts about our insurance is that if you have something that um, would be like maternity, for example, we don't pay for a childbirth specifically. Okay. But our insurance networks reprice bills to where people pay less money out of pocket than they would with a standard major medical plan by the time they pay their deductible and their 20% or whatever it is that they have to right, pay. Right, right. So that works out well. And then the event that there is something that happens that goes bad, they have to have a C-section, they have uh, an abnormal childbirth, all of the complications, then that all falls under the you know, category of the insurance itself. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why Obamacare is so expensive because you got to cover everything. Mm -hmm. And let's face it. I know there's a lot of listeners in the area that are Christians and have a real hard time with some of the things like abortion and things like that. 
you're paying for that with that kind of insurance. That's part of it. And that's one of the things that a lot of people objected to when they started bringing Obamacare before, you know, the American people. Uh, and there's other things that are provided. There's different kinds of uh, of birth control that can lead to abortion. There's just a whole lot. And a lot of Christians just have a real problem and other people, maybe other religions even, uh, you know, that are more pro-life. So that's a big deal to me. The other thing is, you just are paying way too much. If someone's listening to me and you're not receiving a subsidy from the government and you have Obamacare, you need to call me because I can probably cut your premium in half. Wow. Yeah. That, I'm, and I'm confident amazing. of that. I mean, yes. seriously, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I help people who have a subsidy. I'm talking to somebody right now, they have a subsidy, but because they are also self-employed or in a kind of a self-employed scenario, their income goes up their taxes go up. Mm-hmm. So I tell people, man, and unless there's just some reason you can think of. your subsidy goes down, doesn't it? I mean, exactly, yeah. Or your subsidy goes away altogether. You know, you might spend twenty five, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 out of pocket before you get a dime of anything for insurance. A friend of mine told me, he said, Pat, I paid twelve grand in premiums last year. And he's younger than me. He's in his 40s. And his wife and his two kids. And he said, I spent over $12,000. My daughter went to the office, went to an office visit one time. So I spent $12,000 for her to go to the doctor. That's a pretty expensive doctor visit. Hmm. I said, yeah. And with most people, that's one of the biggest things. And with my insurance, I don't have a deductible for, for them to go to the doctor. First three visits, probably going to be, you know, five to 25 bucks out of pockets. Very realistic. And because of the way we work with the insurance, you know in advance when you go to your doctor how much it's going to cost. In some cases, we have people like a friend of mine who goes to church with me, part of my home group, said to me one day, he said, Pat, I just got a check from the company. What's that all about? I said, you got a great discount from your provider, and the company's still going to pay whatever the company says they're going to pay. But he didn't have to pay that up front. That's what I don't want people to think. Oh, you got to go and pay cash and get reimbursed. Right. If you can do that, that is always the best way to use insurance or health care. Always. You pay cash, you're going to get a better deal than anything. Yeah, absolutely. And then you get reimbursed from the insurance company. Yeah, that's kind of like uh, going to Sonic and you want a blast. And if you don't know to ask for the whipped cream and the cherry, you don't get it. <laughs> but if you ask for the whipped cream and cherry, they'll put it on top for yeah. you. Yeah. Huh? It's the same price. <laughs> it's the good, same price. I'm just telling you, you need to know that. Yep. you got to... In- I always tell people this, Pat, you've got to educate yourself as yeah. well. And yeah. it sounds like you do a good job of doing that with people. Yeah. In fact, that's my passion. And I was just sharing, of course, with you, Dave. Um, I actually was the speaker for our company um, on our national call today. And the reason they had me on is because that's exactly what I do. I don't sell health insurance based on premium. I'm not a premium driving, you know, agent. What I do is I educate people. And if I can help someone, I'm going to help them. And if I can't help them, they won't even have to tell me that they're not interested because I'll pull back and say, hey, I will never do anything to hurt someone. If I can't do something that's going to better someone's situation, I'm not there. I'm just not going to do it. And that's what they said. Pat takes time to educate people. That's what I do. I teach. I train teachers in my church. I love to teach. And I love to teach people about health care and, and 
you know, health insurance. I've got videos on my website that talk about the stuff that we're talking about today, where you can go on and you can see a steroid injection that a hospital paid 75 cents for and charged the client $360. That's incredible. So it's no wonder why care costs so much. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget, and I'm going to have him talk about this again uh, here as into, up into our next break, and that is this price uh, transparency. Now, remember, you need to call Pat. Uh, you don't do it right now cause, unless you call the station, 823-0965. But if you want to talk to him, you can call him immediately after he comes off the air at his cell phone, 501 605 six nine three five or you can just text him and say pat would you give me a call and he'll have your number then five oh one six zero five six nine three five or go on his website your health plan man dot com again that's your health plan man dot com and pat davis is his name so uh Pricing transparency. Yeah. Talk about it. One thing I was going to say is if you do call me and you get my voicemail, leave a message. I'm good at returning calls. So if maybe this is the best time for you to call, don't be afraid of that. Price transparency is just a simple way of saying, um, as I mentioned earlier, imagine going to the doctor, going to the doctor, going to the grocery store, buying a whole bunch, a whole cartload of groceries, or even better, you and your wife both going coming home with two cartloads of groceries and get no bill. Yeah. And two weeks later you get a bill and have shock because everything's hidden. (laughs) That's exactly what happens with healthcare. You go, you get your service, everything's done and you get home and two months later, a month later, weeks later, whatever you get this bill and then you got to go back to the hospital because you just had a heart attack, right? Right. (laughs) When you read your bill. So price transparency is a way of saying we want people to be able to see what stuff really should cost. So like I mentioned, you've got a, a pacemaker that's installed for nine grand in one place, and you have the same pacemaker installed in the hospital around the corner for less, a little less than $100,000. That's crazy. And why would people do it? I'll tell you why. Because they know that their insurance company paid most of it Hey, all I had to do was pay seven thousand or eight thousand or ten thousand dollars out of pocket, and they paid the rest. That sounds good till you find out somebody else had a nine thousand dollar bill, and that nine thousand dollar bill was repriced, and it became a realistic bill. And then after insurance paid and everything else, that person might have been out of pocket less money than they had for their deductible. And that happens consistently. And as I've shared before, that happened with me. I had a blood clot, ended up in the ER. I had a $5,000 ER bill. I'm still waiting to see what the doctor part of it's going to be for coming in and reading, right. you know, the, the test and whatever. But my $5,000 bill before the insurance company paid a dime was already only $700. And I have a $5,000 deductible. So it's not too good to be true. It's just the way insurance should be. Why do we pay premiums every single month? And the first thing that happens, we got to pay our money again out of pocket. With our insurance, we do the same thing. We pay. We haven't figured out a way to get by without paying a premium. So we pay the premium every single month. And then when claim time comes, we actually receive a credit from the company. And if the money that's in that credit is more than my claim, I get a check from the company. 
And I can tell you story after story after story where people had that happen. Yeah, tell them about uh, the price of your drug for your blood. Oh, blood. that's a good example. I have to take Eliquis, right, for a blood thinner. And By the way, they advertised it on TV. Yeah, and I don't know, Dave, what it, <laughs> I, I have to look and see because I haven't seen a breakdown of it, but I bet they charged me 25 or 30 bucks for that when I was in the hospital for one pill. Right. And I had to take two. Um, starting out, I had to take two a day, and it was $8 a pill. So I went to, on the recommendation of my doctor at St. Vincent, I went over and I talked to um, some people at Price Pro Pharmacy. And I recommend if you're paying a ton for meds, go to Price Pro Pharmacy. It's a Canadian pharmacy. They work with the, uh, a company in the U.S. And so when stuff comes back in, it goes through their, their system and it's, everything's checked. So now I get my meds from Turkey, believe it or not, through the Price Pro Pharmacy in Canada, and I pay $1.50 a piece. Now, here's and the they key. make profit on that. Yeah, here's the key, is that you're paying $1.50, and you know because of the controls that they have that it's the real deal. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, like like we've talked about before, Dave, if I'm paying $1.50, how much is the markup on that? They're making money. I mean, they don't send it over in a rowboat. I don't know what they do. But it, it's a big, it's a racket. And you can look at it. All you got to do is go online and look at the cost. Here's another thing you can do. And it's on my website, actually, on myhealthplanman.com. There is a link and it says my, the healthcare blue book. It's kind of like a car blue book. And you can go on there and you can see how much healthcare costs. And it'll show you low cost. It'll show you high cost and stuff in the middle. And then you look at maybe you've already had something done. Compare that to what your insurance charged you, what the, what the hospital charged you. Is It'll there, blow your mind. Is there some place you can go? Is there this transparency as far as drugs go? Or that's is the a pharmaceutical control of that? Yeah. Still? I mean, we all know that's a huge thing. And I know that's a big deal right now for the president. I know he wants to see some, some price transparency as far as that and driving the cost down for meds because they're ridiculously priced. They really are. Here's another one. A lady got um, bit by a rattlesnake. And it cost her $80,000 for two of the antidotes. Well, no. the reality the anti-venom. is... that's Yeah, the antivenom. And that's because the insurance company had that stuff related and the provider and all that, and they played their game. $80,000. You know how much it costs for those? $200 a piece. To me, that's just wrong. To me, it's like price gouging after a hurricane. I just hate when I see that stuff. Oh, the guy's starting to charge $8 a gallon for gas. Until he gets caught, and then he won't have a station anymore. But it should be the same way for healthcare. But the reason it isn't is because everyone out there who you have a major medical plan with a big name company, you are helping to make sure this continues to go on, and you don't ever get to see what your pricing is, like you do with ours. All right. My question is: Are you are you adding on to your home this year? Because all the insurance agencies are adding on to their buildings. Yeah. That's right. Because they're making yep. a lot of money. Yeah, and most people are paying a mortgage for their health insurance. Yeah, that's true. A lot true. of my mortgage clients payment. aren't anymore. Absolutely. Pat Davis is his name. He's yourhealthplanman.com, yourhealthplanman.com. You can call him at 501-605-6935, and that's where you would text as well, 501-605-6935. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Pat Davis is here. He is your health plan man. 
healthplanman.com. I want you to go and check it out. Yourhealthplanman.com. What did I just say? You just said healthplanman.com. Okay, yourhealthplanman. That's his website, yourhealthplanman.com. Let me give you that phone number one more time, 501-605-6935. That's good to talk to Pat or to text Pat. You can do that. Let's uh, go back, and I want to cover a couple things we covered early in the show, Pat, because we've changed listeners now. So let's talk about COBRA. <clears throat> yeah, there's a reason they call it COBRA, I always say. My little joke is um, if you're on COBRA, you, yeah, Dave's making the fangs thing right now. <laughs> they can you see get me bit. On, on, on you Facebook. get bit. And, and it's, it's horrible. I, you know, it's realistic for me, for someone who is on COBRA, to cut the premium in you know, 60% or better. Um, I have a gentleman that lives in Georgia. And uh, he was looking at $2,200 a month for him and his wife. 2200 a month for him, just to him and his That's wife. That's more than my mortgage. Oh, it's crazy. And <laughs> so saying. I put him on a plan, and his premium's less than $1,000 a month. Fantastic. And it's a good plan. Good for you. It's a good plan. And like I mentioned too, Dave, I am not one to just sell insurance. I don't sell premium. I'm not out trying to make more money or do whatever. If it's not going to be in the best interest of the client, sometimes the client, I have a guy right now I'm working with, it's in his better interest to spend less money because he really doesn't need anything drastic as far as insurance. I have other people really need to spend more money so that they can, you know, get the coverage that they need. Well, and I don't for, mean more money than they are right now because I'll still cut their premium 40 50%. I mean, if somebody is younger, all they really need to do is – to look for a plan that's kind of like a catastrophic Absolutely. plan, right? Absolutely. And that's what ours is. is perfect. And here's another thing. You know this because you've shared this with me about the tragedy of healthcare bills and bankruptcy and yeah, causing problems. Yeah. And with ours, like if you had a heart attack, cancer, stroke with the plan I put people on, especially young people, they'll get a check for $50,000. Not too many young people are going to probably have a heart attack. I know of a 31-year-old that my son works with that had a stroke. And uh, cancer, there's terrible. no age with that. We That's know right. that. So above and beyond what the health plan itself is going to take care of, get this big check, that can just be a godsend. It might be something that's needed to help cost uh, other you know, costs or if someone's self-employed to be able to help them have income while they're not working or heck, if they got plenty of money, they can go off on a cruise with their spouse, you know, whoever. That's yeah. that's their money. Um, and those are things you don't get with what we call the big box insurance companies or the big name insurance companies. And we all know them. I could name them right now. And I've sold for them. So please understand that. I do understand what I'm doing. And I'll tell you another thing. If you talk to your agent, a lot of agents don't own the insurance that they sell. BCBS. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. You I know I did. But, but um, you know, that's the reality. And I not only own insurance with the company that I represent, I own the policy that I want people to have. And I pay extra as a result of that because I want people to be taken care of in the event of something that happens with their health. All right. So bottom line, you can pay too much or you can pay too little. Explain how that works and how you determine that. Sure. If you pay too little, you're going to get a lesser quality plan. I see plans advertised for less than $100 a month. You can do this for this. Um, and, and, and I know um, I, I'm 
a, a fan of share plans, Christian share plans, but you have to be careful. Those are not insurance. A lot of people think, oh, that's insurance. No, it's not. It's good in what we do. In fact, the guy that I work with actually was the speaker at their national convention twice, and we marry the share plan with our plan because it works really, really well. They have some different combinations. But the biggest problem um, with insurance is that like you said, you can pay too little, pay too much. If you pay too little, when you go to use your insurance, it's not going to do anything for you. You've pretty much just thrown that money away. But you can pay too much for something that would do exactly the same thing that might cost half that. And the only way you find that out is just text me or call me, and, and there's no time. Take a few minutes, and I can go through. You'd be surprised. I have people say, man, I didn't know what what I have to lose, and they got a hold of me, and I cut their premium in half. Bottom and line, today they're really happy. You can buy a Lamborghini, which is more than most of us would ever pay for a car, or you could buy a Yugo. And guess what? You always want to buy something better than a Yugo. Yeah, and imagine getting a Lamborghini quality vehicle for a half the That's price. That's what I'm saying. Right exactly. Because we don't have to go and get a Yugo. Yeah. Yeah. You get uh, you get a really good policy. Again, Pat Davis, yourhealthplanman.com, phone number 501-605-6935. Pat, thanks for coming in today. I appreciate it. Oh, man, you. I enjoyed it again, as usual. All right. Look forward to next we'll time. We'll have you on again in the, in the future. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm back with you at 2 tomorrow. Tomorrow, the uh, of course, our power panel is in. Then uh, at 4 o'clock, I'm going to have uh, Mark Johnson, state senator, in. And why were those ethic bills so tough for so many Republicans? And then last but not least, this is, of course, uh, Passion Week. And we've got Good Friday coming up and then Easter on Sunday. Don't forget, tomorrow, 5 o'clock, Bible Guys. Got questions? Bible Guys at Salem LR. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.